Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Awakening Universal Minds. My name is Brother Beniti, a.k.a. Brother Michael. Also got with me Brother Ravana Noon. And we will have Brother Sara Gidi joining us later. We'd like to welcome everybody to the show, uh, all of our listeners here in the United States, also our listeners who have been tuning in over the last several months from Australia, Portugal, uh, even the Philippines. We want to welcome them uh, all through the Caribbean, Canada, um, and all other listeners. If I forgot you, not intentional. We do appreciate uh, everybody listening in, going to the uh, Awakening Universal Minds. Facebook page, uh, showing your support, leaving your comments. Uh, so we just want to acknowledge that. We definitely appreciate that. Uh, back with us this evening, uh, we welcome back Dr. Edward Bruce Bynum. Let's just make sure we have a clear connection with Dr. Bynum. Dr. Bynum, are you there? Oh, yes, I am. How are you doing? Well, we are doing great. Good evening. Uh, Ravana Luna, are you there? Yes, I'm here. All right. Uh, good evening, Dr. Bynum. How, how have you been? It's been a few months since we've had you on the show, so we welcome you back. Well, I'm glad to be back, glad to be back, and glad the folks are tuning in, listening, and uh, let's have a good good exchange tonight. Definitely, most definitely. Uh, for the new listeners, Dr. Bynum, that may not be familiar with you, I know many listeners are, but uh, I'm sure we're going to have some <clears throat> new listeners listening to the show tonight. If you can just, again, introduce yourself, uh, give your, you know, your professional and educational background, uh, just so some people can get familiar who you are and, and, and what you do. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, well, I, I'm, uh, uh, I guess, formally trained uh, as a clinical psychologist here in the in the states, and um, uh, I uh, went to undergraduate uh, at uh, one university, uh, and then I took a uh, won a doctorate at uh, Penn State, and then licensed here, in Massachusetts, have a private practice. So I'm a, I'm your I'm a regular uh, clinical uh, psychologist. I guess what's uh, uh, focus in Germaine tonight is that one of my areas of uh, interest has been particularly the uh, African uh, contribution to science, not only uh, medicine, but also uh, particularly psychology and psychiatry. And so right. I have written uh, a, a number of uh, books in a series around this uh, area. Um, one, uh, Families and Interpretation of Dreams, uh, uh, but mostly, uh, most recently, uh, the African unconscious and also dark light uh, consciousness, and both of those deal with uh, um, not only uh, psychology but also the African uh, roots of the uh, of human of humanity, human experience, and also the African template for the the uh, the body and the brain of, of of humankind, and how that influences our psychology, regardless of what our surface. Uh, uh, racial, ethnic identification may be, but deep down uh, in our biology, in our blood, in our archaeology, and in our history, we are all variations of uh, of the African type. Right. Okay. Appreciate that. Um, and again, why originally when we first had you on the show, the first 
few times, uh, you know, myself, Brother Ravana Nguyen, Brother Sargidi, we always felt that the clinical and the, men, the you know, the medical and the mental aspect of the knowledge and, and absorbing it has, has not really been in an equation over the years, and I think it's necessary, and I think that's one area definitely, uh, as your background, as you just stated, uh, definitely shows is an area of expertise that we feel is definitely needed when dealing with consciousness. Now, just to let the listeners know, as Dr. Bynum mentioned, he has authored uh, several different books. Uh, we will, for the most part, be focusing on dark light consciousness, known in serpent power, and the luminous matrix of reality. But some of his other titles, and just so the listeners are aware, uh, especially the new ones, if you're interested in getting his books, um, other titles that he has also authored are Why Darkness Matters, uh, The African Unconscious, um, he's also the family unconscious, the roots of transcendence, families and the interpretations of dreams, chronicles of the pig, and other delusions. Uh, these are just some of the titles. Um, and again, all of his books, if you pretty much Google, um, you, you can get them. Intertraditions.com is one of the publication websites. They are all pretty much available on Amazon. And majority of them are available in hard copy and in um, digital format, if you, if you like to download. Um, so his books are very easy to find and access. Um, there's, there's a multitude of sites you can access his, his work, um, and especially the book that we know we get a lot of feedback on and a lot of emails on, and, and it seems like most of the listeners are engulfed in. And it is a very detailed read, uh, Dark Light Consciousness. So that's what we're going to discuss tonight. Uh, and we'll, we'll throw that out there again later uh, for the listeners. So we definitely, you know, check the book out. Um, if you don't have Dark Light Consciousness, you definitely need to get a copy of that book. It's, gonna, it's definitely going to put some missing pieces of the puzzle together for you. And we've gotten a lot of positive feedback how it's helped a lot of people um, connect the dots that they were kind of missing. So, Dr. Byron, having said that, what, what I want to start with, I kind of want to um, – uh, focus a little bit on tonight. We've been doing a lot of shows uh, recently on the chakras and the kundalini, and you have a lot of information in your book on that, and you have a lot of information in your book on the Dravidian culture, which, um, you know, is is very powerful and connected um, to that. It's a popular reference that most people will refer to when, when dealing with the kundalini. So if we can kind of um, maybe get into a little of that. If you can give a little history on, we'll start with basic real quick, uh, who the Dravidians were, and I, I know you kind of take it back to Africa, so if we could start there and then kind of work our way up. Yeah, the, uh, the Dravidian uh, peoples, uh, uh, and there are still uh, Dravidian-type people uh, uh, in, uh, in India. Mostly they are in southern India, and um, they are uh, the, the original uh, inhabitants of India long before the uh, invasions of India by uh, Indo-Europeans. They were, in, they were building the, the ancient cities of Harappa, uh, Mohenjo-Daro, and so forth, uh, 2,000 years before Christ. They had you know, running water, they had uh, uh, shipping ports, and they had an extensive trade, extensive trade with the east coast of Africa. In other words, modern-day Eritrea and uh, uh, Ethiopia, Abyssinia. Uh, and, uh, and and in, in Egypt and Kush, they traded with them um, uh, extensively, not only in obviously trade goods, but also in terms of ideas. And one of the uh, spiritual ideas that went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth between them was about a, a uh, 
biological and genetically rooted energy within the human body rooted at the base of the spine that through different uh, forms of uh, spiritual and artistic discipline could be awakened and through discipline brought up through the spine uh, to emerge uh, into the uh, head and the crown and beyond. And in India, it's referred to as the kunda or kundalini, which is often represented mm-hmm. as a uh, serpent. Uh, and the same thing in uh, in Kemet or ancient Egypt, except in ancient Egypt, it was referred to as the Uraeus serpent. So you have right. two interconnected cultures. And by the way, you would not be able to tell uh, from uh, in ancient times uh, who was who in terms of the physiology. You, In other words... Mm. The ancient uh, Kemetic uh, Egyptians and Nubians looked the same as the Dravidians. So this is long before uh, they they began to be uh, divided into various so-called racial groups uh, by the Indo-European uh, uh, folks who conquered uh, much later. Uh, but they, they traded with each other, and they traded in spiritual ideas, spiritual techniques, spiritual disciplines. And these spiritual disciplines underlie, I want to underline that word, they underlie all of the major spiritual traditions in the world today. All of the the spiritual traditions in the world. And I would argue that they reach, these spiritual and mental and uh, scientific disciplines reach their zenith in ancient Kemet and uh, ancient um, uh, Dravidian uh, India. Right. Uh, I want to connect something you just said kind of to the Kundalini and, and, and raising these forces and how it's connected, like you just mentioned, the Dravidian culture. And on page uh, 152, chapter 4 of your book, uh, the eye evolution in the pineal gland chapter, uh, on that very first page, that last paragraph, and maybe you can elaborate on this and kind of connect this, um, it says, esoteric references to light litter the ancient literature, as you just explained. In Kemetic Egypt, the eye of Horus was the dominant religious vision for thousands of years. You also make reference to Tibet, as the all-seeing eye of Tibet was manifested by an eye on the temple. Uh, even on the U.S. currency, as even we look on the back of the dollar bill, you see the all-seeing eye. Uh, then you go on to say, in Kemet, the eye was associated with the light of the soul and literally associated with the eye within the eye itself. Um, you go on and finish it with, it is the light-sensitive gland that is sunk over evolution into the center of our skulls, the pineal gland. Yes. So now... Can we elaborate on that? Because I, everybody's kind of, when you do the research and, and, and you listen to many people talk and lecture on the pineal gland, um, everybody has the base, you know, explanation of it is there for most part, but everybody has their own perception of it. Can you kind of connect that uh, Dravidian culture, ancient Egypt? Because it, in these ancient cultures, as you explained, it always seems that that's a problem. So what is, what is in more depth is, this pineal gland, or as you explained in Chapter 4? Well, from a purely evolutionary point of view, just purely evolutionary point of view, long before human beings came upon the scene, uh, the uh, uh, animals of, of, uh, of millions of years ago had a third eye, so to speak, a pineal gland, situated usually at the top of their skull. And over the eons and eons and eons of evolution, that pineal gland through different species went deeper and deeper and deeper into the skull until finally, uh, with, uh, I should say brain, and finally when you, we get to the, uh, the mammals and then especially the higher primates, that pineal gland has sunk 
uh, in, deeper into the center of the uh, center of the uh, brain. It has recessed. But the point here is that that pineal gland was and still is very sensitive to light. It is literally photosensitive, uh, such that it picks up uh, light, it vibrates to light, and uh, uh, people who've gone into uh, meditative trance states and recorded their experiences record an inner eye, a seeing within. And that's what I believe and that's what the spiritual traditions say is that pineal gland, is that vestigial or leftover third eye. And many of the different uh, spiritual disciplines from uh, formal meditation to, by the way, uh, rhythmic dance and movement are meant to stimulate that pineal gland such that it, it vibrates. And as it vibrates, it sends up, stand, it creates what's called standing waves or vibratory waves through the skull, which then awakens that, uh, partly awakens that kundalini. It helps conduct it up. Uh, in, in most traditions, uh, meditative traditions, you start with uh, uh, attempting to awaken uh, this uh, kundalini uh, or uraeus serpent at the base of the spine. And, and it's done by uh, meditative practices of the quieting types. But uh, in the uh, African traditions of the southern part of Africa, the southern part of Africa, the Kung people and others, that is done by way of uh, entranced and rhythmic static dance. If you notice that throughout all of the uh, African traditions, dance, stamping the feet, rhythmic movement of the lower part of the body, particularly the lumbar and sacral region, in dance, it's part of the, 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 the dance, part of the ceremony, it's part of the spiritual practices. Well, when you do that and you do it rhythmically, you awaken that energy. And then she ascends through the spinal line all the way up to the top of the brain and beyond. Mm-hmm. It's worth noting that um, uh, for those of you who, who might be listening and thinking, well, uh, this is metaphysics and um, you know, a person can interpret this in many different ways, you're right, but there's also another fundamental reality that's a purely neurological, purely medical, purely physical. The human brain is covered on the surface with dark neural matter, dark brain matter, all the way on the surface of the, of the brain. And that's not because it, sunlight is making it, the brain dark. That's not the reason. It's inherently right. so. And that darkness is also located in, in crucial areas within the brain itself. So it's all over the cerebral uh, hemispheres of the brain, and it's also in strategic sites within the brain core. Right. And then it proceeds not only there, but down further and further into the spine, into mm. the spine. And into, in the spine, it cur- coils and the center of the spine, the very center of the spine, is dark, all the way down almost to the tip of the base of the spine. So you see, you have brain matter, not only on the, obviously on the surface of the brain, mm. but also you have it in your spinal line, all the way down almost to the very bottom. And so the, wow. the dance and the movement, the movement of the lower rhythm of the uh, hips and thighs and stamping of the feet, setting up rhythm, that is designed to literally stimulate that. You know, if you go, if you go to a piano and you hit a key, 
an octave key, the lower and the higher octaves also resonate with it. Right. Okay? So it, it's a crude example, but it's, it's a similar kind of situation. You're trying to get it rhythmically entrained, rhythmically That's entranced, right. and then you bring it up. You bring it up, and that is the nature of the spiritual uh, process that involves the Uraeus or the Kundalini. And this is no, this is uh, this was perfected by the ancient Dravidians, and then copied by the Indo-Europeans. By the way, it was copied uh-huh. by the Indo-Europeans who called them who were the Aryans. But the Aryans were very late to the game. They're very late to the game. If That's you right. go and you see the statues of the early Dravidian peoples, they're sitting in lotus position. Cross-legged, lotus position, matted hair. That's right. Thick, thick lips. Their eyes turned upward toward the top of the head, sometimes with an erect phallus, and they're in an ecstatic state. That's right. This is thousands of years before the Indo-Europeans get there. You find That's the right. same sort of thing in ancient Kemetic Egypt. Mm. Okay? That's so correct. So this, this is an ancient tradition that... Um, predates uh, written language and predates the uh, European uh, uh, colonization physically and mentally, by the way, and mentally, by the way, of, right. uh, of India and uh, Africa. Uh, up until that time, you know, uh, you know, the ancient historians, Herodotus and so forth, they didn't make any distinction between the folks in Egypt uh, and the folks in India. There were the same right. people to them. That's it right. Was only, it was only when we get to the modern uh, uh, period, well, I shouldn't say modern, 1800s, that the European ethnologists would uh, would uh, categorize the different groups of people. And they did that for political reasons. They did that for political reasons. Up That's until right. The, up until the time of Napoleon, up until the time of Napoleon, the ancient, the model of the ancient classical civilization was Egypt. That's right. It was, it, was, it was ancient Egypt. That's what dominated the books, the history books, and so forth. And then Napoleon gets to uh, Egypt, and he gets to the pyramids and the Sphinx, and oh my God, all he finds there is black people. And That's so right. All of a sudden, <laughs> Egypt is no longer the, 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 the source of ancient uh, classical civilization. It all of a sudden becomes Greece and Rome. That's right. And and I'm glad you broke that down. And, and obviously, that's real black history, which is actually world history. And uh, world would, history. That's right. And I wish people would would explain it like that because it it, it is connected. I want to back up something a minute when you when you were just talking about uh, certain rhythmic movements as you tied into the cultures. Because when you look, uh, as you mentioned earlier, you can go uh, to the Native American culture where they have their rain dances and they create standard columnar waves. You can go to the West African tradition where, where the drumming and the rhythmic dancing, uh, there's many ritualistic aspects in that culture where they try to raise this vibration of energy. Um, before I move, move on and I want to continue talking about the Kundalini and the Dravidian culture, what, what is the importance? And we know the drum, in majority of these cultures, it could be the Native American, Dravidian, African cultures, uh, Egypt, they might vary in sound um, and, and different style of instrument, but that plays a critical role in ritual and raising this vibration. How, yes, important, how important is that for, for us practitioners today who are trying to study this consciousness? Um, what would you give them their input? Is it important for us as people 
if we really want to tap into this to this energy and this force, should we be incorporating uh, some of that aspect into our spirituality? Well, I, that's certainly my bias, and uh, I believe that very strongly. And but but al- but also not only strongly theoretically, strongly practically. It is simply that it allows you to see a it allows your spiritual practice to have a footprint, a physical footprint in your experience, so that it right. doesn't become excessively or exclusively metaphysical. It also mm-hmm. it also is physical is also rooted when you begin to stimulate that energy and awaken it uh, rhythmically it begins to synchronize it begins to synchronize with your heartbeat it begins to synchronize with your nervous system in your heartbeat and as it does that as it does that it creates a vibration that we were talking about earlier that also goes up through the skull through the thyroid and then the parathyroid and then eventually of uh, the pineal gland, and if you get, as right. you get the pineal gland vibrating at a certain at certain rhythms, it then synchronizes or entrains with the electromagnetic ra- rhythm or radiation around the Earth. You know, between the surface of the of the Earth and the um, the ionosphere, an electromagnetic wave goes back and forth, back and forth. Okay, right. and it's the, it's roughly in a multiple of about seven point six to seven point eight cycle or hertz or cycles per second. When right. you get your heart rate on the multiples of that, synchronized with your breathing on the multiples of that, synchronized with your pineal gland on the multiples of that, you set up a rhythm, and the rhythm begins to then have the effect of dissolving. Underline the word dissolve your mental me i state and that mental me or i state is then transcended and a larger consciousness emerges a larger right. consciousness emerges variations right. of the theme are or you can be seen can be seen everywhere in the uh in the vudan practices of west africa which many of us have uh ancestrally and otherwise have roots in here in, right. in the us um, that's right a variation of that was when, during uh, rituals, dance, and ceremonies, a person's individual consciousness was transcended, oblated, and another for, another energy, the loa, would descend into the personality of the person. So the individual self was transcended, and a greater or larger or brighter, more expansive self or personality would then emerge in that context. It is the same in the ancient Greek uh, Dionysian rites, where they would go into right. a static dance, which they, by the right. way, they learned from Africans. A That's static right. dance, and a different, a different consciousness would emerge. So this mm. is ingrained in all human beings and all in our nervous system, and it is all traced back to the original nervous system of the ancient uh, human beings who were indelibly. And obviously and absolutely Africans. That's Nobody right. denies that today. No right. self respecting archaeologist, anthropologist, ethnologist, physician, nobody does. And you get That's people right. you get people who are racist who try to interpret that away in various forms, but even they have to acknowledge that the original human being, Homo sapiens sapien, thinking man wasn't right. African creation. 
And so all we're doing here, all we're doing here is simply bringing that simple knowledge and simple reality and simple fact into our uh, spiritual practice and seeing how it directly affects our experience. And once people get over or at least uh, uh, rein in their fear of the darkness, their fear of the black, which is still a fear. It is still a fear. People are still fighting the Civil War, you know. That's once right. Once we can get over get over that. That's right. There's an enormous genius in that tradition. When the ancient Greeks and the ancient Romans invaded Egypt, they got the Egyptian sciences of uh, uh, of mathematics. They got geometry. They got trigonometry. Mm-hmm. They got um, uh, astronomy. They learned an enormous amount there. But you know what they didn't get? They didn't get the psychology. That's they exactly. Couldn't, they couldn't get into. They couldn't get into the mind of the ancient Egyptians in reference to psychology. The ancient Egyptians, the ancient Kemetic Egyptians, knew about the unconscious mind, and they called it by name. But it took, it was it would be another twenty five hundred years before the West got it, because they couldn't get beyond the racial thing. They couldn't get beyond it. And so that is one of the reasons why it's important today for us not to be seduced. And when I say us, I mean all human beings. It's rooted primarily in the African today. It is. But it is spreading. I believe in progress. It is spreading. And if we are are to uh, help enlighten the world again, as in ancient times, we must take this message out and try and be as direct and hopefully non-threatening as we can, because right. folks are just going to get threatened no matter what you say. That's right. As non-threatening as possible to point out that this is a human evolutionary phenomenon. And right. We need to we need to attend to that. And and, and, and I'm, to that. right. And I'm glad you again addressed that because unfortunately. Uh, Again, on the surface, like you say, when we get Egyptian culture, for an example, um, there's always a lot of credit given to the Greeks. And unfortunately, when you talk about the pre-dynastic Egyptians, and even like we know Nubia is the mother of Egypt, when you take it, you know, further back, it just it always seems like like times have changed. The information area is huge now, so nothing is hidden. Um, we have so much access now to information we didn't have 20, 25 years ago, 15, 20 years ago. Um, but it still see, like you say, it always seems subliminally or in a very sly way that they still try in some areas and circles not to draw attention to its origin. Like, like you say, it's our, it's history, it's global history, it's world history. But unfortunately, there is that bias, you know, that does exist. And but I'm glad, uh, you know, we claim to be in Black History Month, and every day should be Black History, not just February. But this is, you know, I think history that needs to be touched on um, because one thing that gets me and it, it's not, it's not to take away from it, but it seems like this time of the year, um, well, we're only given like if you watch BET and centric and you see, they do these little black history month clips. It, it always seems like they focus on the civil rights era. And again, I respect the struggle uh, and, and we know what they went through definitely wasn't, the most pleasant of experiences, but I think sometimes that's done intentionally because it takes away from a lot of this ancient history and never focus on the greatness. It's, it's as if 
you know, black people have only been making history since the civil rights movement. Um, So, so, so I'm glad you're touching on this. Um, But again, if you're just tuning in, we have a lot of people now tuning in. Um, We are talking to Dr. Edward Bruce Bynum. We are discussing his book, uh, Dark Light Consciousness, uh, Melanin Serpent Power and the Luminous Matrix Reality. And if you weren't on in the beginning of the show, uh, you can pick this book up. It is available at innertraditions.com. You could also go on to Amazon because I see people asking some newer listeners what book uh, we are talking about. That's the book we are talking about. But Dr. Biden has authored several books. And if you just Google his name, um, you can pull up all the titles of the books, and majority of them are available, hard copy, and available digital download, if that's your thing. Um, you can also go on to YouTube if you'd be interested in hearing some of uh, his past lectures and some of the things he's done over the years. You can also Google him also on YouTube, and he's got some lectures that have been up there for quite a few years uh, that you'll find very interesting. Okay, Dr. Bynum, back to the Kundalini. Um, when you get on to page 314 of your book, and you talk about uh, another method for raising that, since we were kind of just talking about that. I know we veered off a little bit. We're kind of going to be jumping around. Um, you, you talk about a method for, for awakening this energy. If you could elaborate a little bit on the Shakti Karana. If you could talk a little bit about that, this technique, what it is, and maybe some basic uh, practical uh, methods you can share with the listeners to kind of maybe use this practice to raise that Kundalini. Well, a way, a way to understand it, a way to think about it, a way to think about it, certainly not the only way, but a way to think about it is um, what you're trying to do is you're trying to bring energy from, let's say, um, a huge ocean or a lake through a canal to another uh, big body of water. Mm, and you okay. have to do it, and you have to do it safely, okay? So this canal would have various ways of bringing that water through, okay? Uh, and the different techniques of one kind or another are the different ways that you bring the water through, all right? So uh, sometimes you will bring water in and stop it, let it build up and then let some of the water out again and uh, move it to the next uh, of the gates, okay? Sort of moving it through that way. That's one Mm. particular way, okay? And that involves uh, body postures, breathing, and so on and so forth. Another way is, and this is the the one that you're talking about, where uh, a person will breathe a certain way, usually what's called diaphragmatic breathing, and you would inhale diaphragmatic breathing, and then you would hold the breath, and then you would visualize sending the energy as you exhale down through the spinal line to touch the base of the spine, and there awaken that energy, and then inhale and bring it up the spine. Okay? Right. That's another method. So there are many different methods. There's no one exclusive one. But that's the basic idea, is you're trying to bring energy through a narrow canal safely. Why safely? Because if it comes through too much without the proper safeguards, then you will flood your upper system, i.e. your brain, and you can very significantly disorient yourself. Mm. Like a a capacitor on an electronic device, okay? 
correct. You don't correct. want an infinite amount of voltage to come through. You want right. only a certain amount. Otherwise, you burn out the light. Okay, so you do not want to bring 300 watts into a 60-watt bulb. Right. You burn out the bulb. Do you, Correct. Do you see, what, see what I'm trying to say? Yes. So, all, so the different kinds of disciplines are about a person learning how to uh, do that in a safe way so that they do not injure themselves because you can injure yourself. You know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't just, uh, because you like airplanes or you like cars, you wouldn't just get in a car, turn the engine on, and start driving. You would hopefully right. take lessons. That's if right. you were uh, making electrical uh, uh, repairs, hopefully you've done some, learned something about electricity before you start putting a, a screwdriver into a socket. Okay? Correct. Well, Correct. it's the same thing here. You know, it's the same thing here. A lot of people are under the mis- uh, uh uh, the, the the misapprehension that um, any spiritual development, spiritual process is just whatever my opinion is, and I can believe what I want to believe, and you can believe what you want to believe. Well, uh, that's true, you can, but there are consequences when it comes to actual practice. That's right. There are consequences. And so what I try to do um, in some uh, detail, some would say a little obsessive detail, but what I... What I wanted to do in the dark light consciousness was detail anatomically, physically, neurologically, medically, and psychologically what the steps are so the person can do it, test it out in the laboratory of their own experience so they don't have to take my word for it or somebody else's word for it. They test it out and they see and they go, oh, I get it. Yeah, you're right. It's about getting your balance on a bicycle. You can read all the books you want to read about getting your balance on a bicycle, <laughs> but you don't know what it is until you get on a bicycle and, and you it. get your balance. That's right. That's how you do it. Right, and I'm and, I, and I'm glad you bring that up because we we when we do discuss uh, raising the Kundalini, um, as you just said, it, you know, there's the mental, and we're going to get into that a little bit down the road. There's the mental aspect of being prepared because it's not, as you said, it's not always or can not always be a pleasant experience if not done uh, correctly. And, and, and one thing your book is unique in doing, and as you just mentioned, and to all the listeners, if you don't have the book, one thing that's unique about it, you don't just write about these things. You actually give throughout the entire book various different exercises and practices in detail um, that one can actually uh, put into practice. And that's what I think separates this book from a lot of other books, um, because, you know, it's not just a reference book where you've gathered, a, 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 you know, a lot of your research and your study, which the, obviously that's the core, but you're actually given throughout the entire book various different exercises, practices, and this is why it's a great book, um, which takes me to the next question, another method, it's a little more complex. We've gotten some feedback in the past, email questions on this. I myself have practiced this. It's a little bit more complicated. It does take uh, you know, a little time to get this down correctly. You do have some illustrations in the book for this technique uh, when you get to page 318 going into uh, 319. Um, so we can talk about another technique. As you said, there, there, there's a multitude of them. I'm going to talk about a couple of them that you have in your book. Uh, another one, if you can explain this and maybe give some pointers and tips on this for people that, uh, even such as myself, that are trying to put, you know, master this, this, this method here, and it is a little more complicated. Um, you talk about the Mahabanda into Mahamudra, or you call it the Great Seal, and you have illustrations of this um, 
drawings in the book. Can you, can you elaborate on this? What would you give? Uh, is there certain recommendations you would tell people before they try this? Uh, exercise patience. It can be a little discomforting at first, um, but people have emailed me and given me uh, some feedback. Some, some have attained it the first couple of times. Some get a little bit frustrated because maybe physically their bodies uh, you know, right. may not be in the right physical stick. So can we talk about that? What would you give advice to somebody that wanted to practice this method? Well, uh, yeah, uh, for, you're right. Uh, not, every, not every posture is for everybody and you're going to have more success with one or another, and that is totally okay. Find out what works and what uh, resonates with your body. Very important, really important. Uh, there are, there are what are called locks or bondas, three of them in the body, and you can, you can feel them uh, physically. There's one at the base of the, of the, of the, of the body between the uh, um, um, uh, anals, uh, the uh, 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 groin and the anal sphincter, right where the perineum is. There's one, okay. Mm. There's another one um, in the pit of the stomach, and then there's another one in the throat. Now you may say, "Well, I don't feel them." Well, actually, you do. Here's how you do: when you uh, have a bowel movement, okay. Think about this, everybody that's listening, okay. Be very, very, you know, don't, 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 don't alienate yourself from your body. This is very important. When you have a bowel movement, okay, if things work right, you relax the base of the body as you're having uh, uh, the bowel movement. And then at the end, at the, the anal sphincter opens, the anal sphincter opens, and at the end of the process, it closes and it tightens. Okay, it closes and it tightens. And um, uh, when you want to make sure that everything is okay, you tighten it further. Okay, you close it. That is the base, what's called mula banda. Banda means lock. Mula right. means base. That is the one at the base of the, of the body. And it is the first one that you have to master. And if you think about it, that is the, a, a child's first introduction to civilization. When a child is first born and they get out of the womb, they don't have to cry. They know how to cry. And... Um, uh, they already know how to nurse. They turn their head automatically to their mother's breast, and they, they, they nurse at the breast. And then as the kid is growing up as from an infant, uh, they, uh, they, you know, poop, urinate, the whole thing, whenever it arises for them, right? Right. What is their Correct. introduction to civilization? They have to learn when they have to go to the bathroom, have to go to potty. They have to learn right. how to control it. They have to learn how to keep it closed. Okay, well that is right. the, that is the, that is the basis of that, and you you close it so that the energy closes off and moves upward. Okay, so that's 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 the physiological basis of that first one, mula banda. The mm-hmm. second one is in the pit of the stomach. If you inhale and exhale slowly and deeply, inhale and exhale slowly and deeply from your stomach. When you inhale, and your belly comes out. Your anal sphincter relaxes. When you exhale all the way out, your anal sphincter closes, and there's a little pit in the pit of your stomach that you can feel where the pit of the stomach and the anal sphincter sort of come together a little bit. Okay? 
That is the second one. That is the Correct. second one. And the third one is in the throat, right in the, the center of the throat, while it works for the throat, uh, goes into the thor- upper, upper thoracic cavity. And when you're choking, that's sometimes there. But also uh, when you do that, when you close that particular uh, lock, it's called Jandlahara, when you close that particular lock, you can pull, like, pull your chin down into that area. That is that third lock. So those, constant, those constitute those three locks, okay? And during your discipline, you are moving the water, like we talked about earlier, like moving the water through the gates. Those Correct. are the three locks, okay, that you have to let the energy come in, hold, and then pass through the next. And the varying kinds of, of, of movements to control those locks is what you want to do so that you move the energy forward. You sort of like uh, propel it forward. You like conduct it. So that's why it's called the conductivity of the life force. You conduct the energy through. And you want to learn how to do it in a very smooth fashion. And it's intimately Correct. connected with the uh, breathing. Okay? So right. when, you con- when you tighten all three of those, base of the spine, pit of the stomach, the throat, when you inhale and close all three of those, that is the big one, maha banda, maha banda. Okay? So it's actually, the idea is actually very simple. It's not complex. It's actually very simple. It's just that it takes a while to learn how to master them. But uh, it is very worthwhile doing, and and actually, even from a purely medical point of view, um, it's, learn, it's good to learn how to do Malubanda because those are almost identical to what are called Kegel exercises. If you've mm-hmm. ever had a, uh, a bladder or um, uh, other related condition um, or there's a weakness at the base of the body that, that your physician will teach you Kegel, K-E-G-E-L, Kegel exercises. Uh, sometimes mm-hmm. women, if, if they've had a, uh, a episiotomy, will need to do Kegel exercises to draw strength and tonality back to that part of the body. So all three of these areas have a physical signature, and that is why the raising of the kundalini or the urea serpent in this particular tradition, and there are others in this particular tradition, is useful because it gives you markers along the pathway that you can then see and feel, and you're not like deluding yourself. You're like, oh, yeah, and you can compare this to other people's experience. So you test it out in the laboratory of your own experience. You're not, you know, uh, holding out on the faith that you hope that this is true. You get, you, you test it out. You see, our our ancient ancestors knew this, and this That's is right. why they 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 they, they practice this particular method because you can right. feel it. Feeling is believing. That's correct. Um, another uh, thing, if you can elaborate on, you talk about another. Uh, method or, or technique to, to kind of get in tune uh, de- dealing with this. Um, this is on page 345 of the book. Uh, you talk about, I, I find this because you were mentioning the darkness earlier, getting in tune with that energy. Um, I find three, that... Did you say 345? Yeah. Uh, page 345, yeah. The methods of hyper if you can talk about uh, that, what that is, and I think this is important for a lot of people to understand that are dealing with consciousness and spirituality. Um, if we could talk a little bit about that, its origin and, 
and yeah, and, there 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 are there are two uh, there are two uh, uh, paths on the road, and and either one is is okay. It depends on your temperament and your style. In the methods of of uh, hyper quieting, it is exactly that. You learn how to make the body very quiet so that you can pay attention to what's going on. What that means essentially in, in practice is that you learn how to uh, breathe uh, fairly deep but very slow. You learn how to relax your musculature. Mm-hmm. You slow down your heart rate. You slow down the speed of your thoughts. And everything gets very quiet so that you can then begin to sort of notice what goes on between the thoughts. Mm-hmm. What goes on between the thoughts? You have one thought and then another thought and another thought. But every now and then, you you get a little glimpse that there's something going on between two thoughts. Correct. And that that is that is what you want to do when you're using a quiet a hyper quieting uh, method. If you wow. think if you if you reflect on it, uh, most of the time when you're awake, you're having a thought, a concept of one kind uh, or another. But every now and then, every now and then, there's a break in your thoughts when you're not having a thought yet, uh, and you're but you're you're still intelligent. A, 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 a concrete example: some you you're walking uh, or you're listening to somebody tell you a uh, a, a joke, and they're leading you down a certain path to tell you the joke, and then when you get to the punchline, all of a sudden it goes in another direction. Right. For a split second. What? Oh, right, right, right. right. That's right. For a split second, you weren't thinking conceptually. You were between thoughts, okay? Correct. You were between thoughts. You had a little zen flash for a hundredth of a hundredth of a second or something. Well, imagine getting into a method where you can slow things down so you're having more and more and more of those. Oh, oh. Oh, 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 seconds. Run after another, after another, after another, after another. That is what it means to sort of begin to be intelligent, but not necessarily have your intelligence totally rooted in your thoughts. Mm. When you have an insight into something, just at the moment of insight, at the moment of insight, you're not thinking. You all of a sudden leap to someplace else, just at the moment of insight. Right. Right. Well, Correct. imagine imagine being in a situation where you're having one insight after another, after another, after another, after another, after another, wow. after another. Wow. Okay. Right. And That's how. And it is a pleasurable state. <laughs> it is a pleasurable state. You are not in pain. It is a pleasurable state. And um, there are different meditative practices where you uh, work to uh, move the mind in that direction and also combine it with a very pleasurable sensation. There's another time when for a brief period of time you don't have a thought. You don't have mm. a thought. And that is um, when you're having an intense, a very good, intense, healthy uh, sexual experience and you move closer and closer to the actual orgasmic part of that and right. then you have an orgasm, and in the very pinnacle of that, you're not really having a thought. You're having Correct. an experience, but you're not having a thought experience. Okay? Correct. Okay, and then afterwards, 
it's blissful mm. for a while. It's blissful. So right. some people will try to meditate on that blissful state, and that blissful state is a certain level of mind. And all of us experience it uh, every, almost every night if we have a healthy, breathing, uh, healthy sleep cycle. If you think about it, so those of you listening right now, uh, you will uh, hopefully listen to and, and get something out of what we're talking about tonight. Then you will at some point go to sleep tonight. You will fall asleep, and you will uh, sometime it, it, during the night, you don't know when, but sometime during the night, you will have some sort, sort of dream experience. Your mind will have a dream experience. And then right. you will stay asleep, and you're not dreaming anymore. And then at some point, usually 90 minutes later, you'll have another dream experience. That's so right. when you wake up in the morning, you've had several different dreams but you've also had the period of time in which you were not awake, nor were you dreaming. Right. And if it went well, that state was also a very blissful state for you. When you Correct. wake up in the morning from a really, really, really good night's sleep, it's usually not because you've had a full night of intense dreams. It's usually because you've had a very restful night. And mm. if someone says, oh, well, how, how was it? You say, oh, I feel great. Right, But you might be hard-pressed to say, well, what happened? All you remember is feeling very blissful. Your body was involved in that blissful state. That's right. Okay? So you, Correct. For different meditative techniques of various kinds, you know, you, you choose what, what has, you have an affinity for to try and bring back that state and infuse your waking mind with that state. Right. And something you just mentioned, we did a, we did a show on that last week, and if you could elaborate a little on that and how this all kind of ties in. This is another method that you just briefly threw in there, uh, dealing popular in the Dravidian culture uh, when you deal with the the Karma Sutra or the tantric sex aspect of raising uh, the Kundalini. Um, Let's talk a little bit briefly about that, if you can maybe give your insights on that. Um, In relationships, when this is kind of what we discussed briefly a little bit last week. You there? Hello? Can you, can you hear me? Yeah, you, you faded out there for a second. Okay, yeah, it might just be the connection. Uh, I don't know if you heard the question, but uh, what, what we were talking about last week, the uh, dealing with tantric sex, and I know you just briefly kind of alluded to that, um, to two people that are rooted in a in a solid relationship. Um, I know this is another method of raising their kundalini. Can you can you elaborate on the benefits of this, um, uh, being a practic- practitioner of this, and the benefits of this, especially if you're in a rooted relationship? Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, the, 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 it's, uh, if, if you have a solid relationship, in other words, you're not working super hard to sort of uh, keep it together, but it Correct. already is together. That's then, right. Uh, <laughs> and there's a difference. Then That's uh, right. The, the point is to uh, intensify. The point is to intensify the feeling and the desire, not necessarily to reach an orgasm, but to Correct. intensify the life feeling. That is the point of that. And if it's intensified enough, then it begins to pervade your consciousness and it energizes you, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, One of the aspects of the Uraeus and the Kundalini 
is and many in in uh, uh, um, in India and um, some parts of uh, Egypt, Islamic in Egypt anyway, um, don't like this notion. But the spiritual phenomenon of Kundalini or the uraeus, it feeds on the body's sexual energies. It feeds on it. It is not identical to it, but it right. feeds on it. It wow. feeds on it. It's part of the it's part of the life force. And so mm. uh, those tantric uh, practitioners, what they're trying to do in a committed uh, situation like that is to, to intensify or increase uh, the love bliss energy, the love bliss energy, and circulate it through the two organ systems, not only for their relationship, but also for literally healing the physical body itself. In, uh, in, uh, in India, it's referred to as ojos. Okay. That energy. Okay, and you circulate it through the body. It is a physical energy, and it's quite noticeable. Um, mm. uh, but it, it is also the razor's edge because it is very easy to be drawn into letting it go, letting it go because an orgasm feels good. But the point is Correct. to stall it, forestall it, and circulate the energy around and through the body organ and through the body system and not deplete it. So that's Correct. It's, a, it's a whole different... It's a whole uh, approach to uh, spirituality that does not make sexuality the enemy of spirituality. That's right. Unfortunately, in the Western traditions, somehow the serpent in the Garden of Eden became a bad guy. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) You know? He became a bad guy. No, 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 no. It's the life force, that's all. That's right. And so you want to harness it, not deplete it, not use it uh, badly, but to harness it and amplify it. And that is the whole secret of the science. And it is a science, by the way. The science behind the tantric, and by the way, the Taoist, T-A-O-I-S-T, Taoist uh, traditions of uh, mostly India and uh, uh, China and Tibet. Correct. Excellent. Um, now, having said that, and again, if you're just tuning in, uh, we've got more listeners coming in. You're listening to Dr. Edward Bruce Bynum. Uh, we are discussing Dr. Bynum's book, Dark Light Consciousness, Melanin, Serpent Power, and the Luminous Matrix Reality. Uh, if you do not have a copy of the book, uh, just Google Dr. Bynum. There's several places you can get it. Uh, you can go to Amazon.com. You can go to EndedTraditions.com. Uh, most of his books and this is not the only book he's written, if you're not familiar with him. He's written several books. Uh, most of them are available, hard copy or digital. Um, you can also check him out on YouTube. He has some lectures that have been up there for a while. You can uh, definitely check that out if you're just tuning in and want to learn more about who Dr. Bynum is. Um, I suggest real, just simple. Just go to Google and type his name in, and a bunch of stuff uh, will come up. Uh, we will be going to the phones shortly, about 10 to 15 minutes in the last portion of our show. So we'll give some of you guys an opportunity uh, to ask Dr. Bynum um, some questions. And obviously, we may not be able to get to all of you tonight, but Dr. Bynum comes on the show frequently. So don't get discouraged. If we can't get you to tonight, we, I'm sure we will be able to get to you. You can always email some questions over to the show, and we'll make sure we mention them uh, if we don't get to you tonight on an upcoming show. Now, Dr. Bynum, having said that, all these different techniques, which I think is great about the book, and there's more. Um, I want to talk about this because in, you know, the brothers here on the show, in our travels and, and talking with people, um, you know, it talks about raising this kundalini. People always focusing on the pineal gland and the crown chakra. 
because um, these are the key components. But we see some people get, and I want to get your personal opinion on this, and I also want to get your historical and your scientific opinion on this. Um, we see people tend, they want to bypass uh, let the root chakra, which I'm finding in some of our discussions and experiences, some people may not be aware they're not rounded, they're not grounded in that root chakra, and people are trying to bypass and activate the crown chakra, the pineal gland, because um, obviously we got to start with the basics. Um, can you give in, in your personal experience and what you practice and what you've studied and what you've done and, and in your historical and your scientific, how important is it to understand that, to be rooted in that root chakra before one can kind of raise this kundalini energy and start talking about activating the pineal gland and, and activating the crown chakra. How important is that? And when, in, your, in your opinion, what is being uh, grounded in the root chakra and how does that tie into all this? Well, the reason that uh, the, the, the best place for the overwhelming majority of us, not all of us, but the overwhelming majority of us is the root chakra is because it's the easiest to feel. Okay. We can actually, we can actually uh, feel it. You, uh, for for the reasons that we talked about earlier, in terms of the uh, bula banda, anal sphincter, and so on and so forth, you already have a direct experience of it, and so you sort of like uh, you you know it. it. It's it's there in your in your uh, emotional and physical uh, vocabulary. Uh, also, okay. uh, most of us, uh, I know uh, I am, are pretty physically rooted uh, people. And so Correct. it's just easier to grab a hold of what is solid. Okay? Correct. Uh, thoughts, thoughts are very slippery. And then uh, uh, thoughts, uh, and then a consciousness beyond thought is even more supple. So Correct. start with what you can grab a hold of, what you can sort of uh, experience directly and, and test out. It's just easier. It's just easier. Now there right. is a and then and then to move up sequentially so that you can carry out a series of uh experiential and scientific experiments so that you can verify that indeed this is going on when I do this and that is going on when I do that. So that you don't fool yourself, you know, you don't trick yourself. Um you you don't uh uh tell yourself something because it sounds nice and and you, you get to feel a certain kind of way when in point of fact it isn't really rooted in your experience or for that matter anybody else's experience and you can't compare notes with somebody else. So for those right. reasons, for those reasons, I would take the the, the, the root chakra beginning body-based orientation. Now that's mm. not to say that there are not traditions in which people come at it from the other direction. They do. Uh, there's a whole movement of um, what's called integral yoga uh, developed by a great... Uh, uh, scholar and yogi of the last century, Sri Aurobindo of uh, India. Correct. And Correct. his method was to begin at the upper, higher chakras and bring the force of the energy down through the body. The advantages of that system is that it is nowhere near as potentially um, uh, rugged or disruptive or intense as going from the other direction. That's true. That's Correct. true. Uh, except that you you have to have a, a fairly enlightened teacher that you're seeing all the time to do that. Correct. The other one requires you to have a good teacher, but the teacher can be also on the path themselves. So 
So just right. from a purely practical point of view, a purely practical point of view, uh, you begin at the base and you move upward. You can test it out. You can compare notes with other people. You have a physiological signature in your experience to verify that you're doing this or that right or wrong, and you know for sure. Correct. That's my, that's my bias. Okay, and I appreciate that feedback, and that, that, that's actually important feedback, and it's critical, and we've got a lot of questions on that, so I hope that has opened up the listeners and given them some you know, feedback and information that they can actually utilize. Now, you mentioned something. I want to try to get into two or three more things before we go to the phone and take some questions for you online. Uh, another important aspect, obviously, of this and dealing with not just this culture, it seems like a big thing now is, uh, and I see it everywhere I travel, um, uh, many different various forms of yoga. I mean, there's all types now. you got Egyptian yoga. Um, I want to focus on one on page uh I believe this is, let me double check, I got it. page 346 of the book. One, you talk about a couple of different types of yoga in the book, but one you uh, get a little bit in depth in. Um, I want to talk about yoga and breathing techniques. Um, I find some of these basics, especially the breathing, which I've learned over the years, is, is so critical and so important, uh, not just for this aspect, but for health reasons, um, because I find a lot of people are mouth breathers. They're constantly breathing in and out of their mouth. Um, if you can talk about Kriya Yoga, you mentioned that, you know, another good aspect of, or another good technique. Um, does yoga, I mean, people have different opinions on this. How important is this technique? And can you elaborate on, on some proper breathing techniques? Because this, I find, is another blockage area in dealing with some people, not all. Um, sometimes with not being taught proper breathing or breath techniques, this can kind of hinder um, raising this kundalini or, or working with this energy in its correct capacity. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Well, the point of, the point of certain breathing exercises, particularly in reference to the, the kundalini or the uraeus, is to balance it out such that uh, the pathway through which it comes is unobstructed. Um, right. The, 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 the first breathing exercise you're going to do that's really simple is what's called diaphragmatic breathing, which is exactly that breathing from the diaphragm slow and uh, deep and through the nose, very important, through the nose. Um, why through the nose? Um, you've got um, about an hour and a half to an hour and 45 minutes of uh, nasal dominance. One nostril is actually more open or closed than the other, and they go back and That's forth, right. back and forth. And what you right. want to, and, and different sides of the, of the body are stimulated at different times. That's just a physiological thing. So what you want right. to do is by doing uh, the diaphragmatic breathing and then an alternate nostril breathing, it helps sort of like uh, uh, quiet the two different sides and you come up the middle. Uh, think about it this way. You've all seen the medical caduceus, right? And Correct. That's the, that's, the, uh, that's the staff of uh, ancient Egypt, what's called the staff of Hermes, but that's where it comes from in ancient Egypt. Mm. And... Uh, and it has uh, two serpents coiled seven times around it, okay? Right. And the serpents are usually going in the opposite direction. Well, along that staff where the serpents cross are the chakras, okay? Those right. are the chakras, and there's seven of them. And if you do it successfully, they reach the top of the head where they, what do they do? They spawn wings and they take flight, okay? So that's a symbolic expression of that. Well... By doing the diaphragmatic breathing, 
you stimulate the base of the body, okay? And then when you do alternate nostril breathing, what you're doing is you're quieting those two quote-unquote serpents that go from side to side, and you're making them come up the central canal. And you do that with diaphragmatic breathing, alternate nostril breathing, and then what's called the application of shishumna. In other words, focus at the top of the lip and the bottom of the nose. And that's what helps them come through the central canal, the central canal. So those, I would start with those three, basic and simple. And then once you start feeling on the inside the energies moving, then other more complicated breathing exercises will make themselves clear to you why you would move in one direction or the other. Okay? You don't want to impose a breathing technique on yourself without having a sense of why I'm doing it. But when you feel the energy coming through, then you can say, well, now I need to move that energy over here or I need to move it over there or I need to get rid of a blockage here or there. The the purpose of it it becomes to be clear to you at that point because you have an experiential basis for it as opposed to um, a theoretical one. And there are a lot of different breathing exercises that will then be helpful to you. And that, and that I've outlined some of them in the book. But the major one to start with is the diaphragmatic breathing, the alternate nostril breathing, and the focus of the, uh, at the top of the lip and the bottom of the nose with your eyes and your attention. And that will quiet the body and help the energy come up the central canal in a safe way. I want to underline the word safe way. <laughs> That's right. Excellent point. All right, so the last thing you want to get into, and right after this question, we will go through the phones. If you got questions, you can go ahead and start typing them in, um, and then we'll take some calls for you, Dr. Bynum. Um, you mentioned this earlier, and obviously it's a key component to all this. It's, it's uh, you know, definitely the foundation. You, you touched on it. We've touched on it in previous shows. But if you could, uh, again, and I think this is key for people to understand, on the very beginning of the book, well, not the very beginning, but early in the book, Page 137, you, you talk about the brain stem neuromelanin. And I don't know if you remember, but on uh, one of the last times you were on the show, it might have been two times, uh, not the last time, but the time before that, you, and I found this statement very interesting, and we got a lot of questions on this. And if you can kind of just, this is key, the dark light consciousness, you mentioned that dark uh, matter, that energy, you talked about the brainstem neuromelanin, and I remember on a previous show you had said that, now obviously some people kind of get confused uh, when you deal with neuro and neuromelanin, we're talking about the neuromelanin, if you can break that down again, and you made a statement saying that regardless of your ethnicity, each individual has the ability to produce the same capacity of neuromelanin not neuromelanin, the skin pigmentation, because obviously we know ge- genetics dictate the manifestation of that. But if you can elaborate on the importance of understanding what this brain stand neuromelanin is, and you mentioned it in the very beginning of the show as being a foundation concept to a lot of the stuff you're talking about tonight, you can talk about that before we take some questions for you. And yeah. if you can elaborate on that statement about how we all have this ability to produce the same capacity of it. Yes, I mean, uh, from the beginning in the embryo, uh, in our mother's womb, there is a uh, a, a, a line of uh, of melanin uh, in the in the um, blastula that kind of outlines how the embryo develops. 
And out of that little line of melanin, which is a direct energy current, uh, you literally develop, the, the fetus develops its spine, its brain, and then that also begins to help it define and outline all the different organ systems of the body. So that little thin right. line of, 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 of energy is literally the, 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 uh, the drawer or the template of how the body unfolds. So that happens all the way through embryogenesis or the, our, our journey in the mother's womb. And then we're born, and um, the surface of our brain and all the way down our central spinal cord from the inside is covered with that now much more expanded dark neuromelanin material. It begins Correct. in the womb as melanin. Why, this, why melanin? Because melanin is dark and it absorbs light. It absorbs energy. It absorbs vibration. And in fact, it changes vibration and heat into light. It's very important. It changes. It's an energy conducer. It changes energy from lower states to higher states. Okay? Correct. In, when it, when it, by the time it reaches the brain, it is then neuro. In other words, mm. neural matter. So mm. neuromelanin is in the wow. brain and spinal cord. Melanin okay. is on the surface of the skin and also the surface of certain internal organ systems. Okay. If you can tell a person um, what, quote, race or ethnicity they are, supposedly, from an external reference point, somebody is obviously uh, Asian, someone is obviously uh, 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 European, someone is obviously African, someone is obviously from South America. I mean, there are all kinds of variations on a theme. But right. if the, the the surface of the skin were stripped off, you would not be able to tell because mm. their organ systems would all be the same with melanin in them. And also with the brain, you would not be able to tell the difference. So from the inside, where their neuromelanin is, there are no significant differences between peoples. There are some differences, but they're not radical differences. They're tiny little differences. And they don't mm. imply that somebody is more spiritually advanced or retarded than someone else. It is true that uh, European populations, because of their historical uh, development in Europe and in, in, in the uh, colder climates and so on and so forth have more calcification of the pineal gland. That right. is true. That is true. Right. Uh, and Asians have uh, less and Africans have the least amount. And some people have speculated, including Freud, by the way, that right. this amounted for, uh, uh, led to temperamental differences. Uh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I'm kind of neutral on that. For me, the much right. more over Overwhelming uh, uh, information and, and data points out that the neuromelanin is the same in all peoples. In all okay. peoples, it's the same. So melanin, don't don't confuse skin surface pigment melanin, which changes, by the way, uh, in the summer and the winter in the That's same right. individual, as opposed to intrinsic neuromelanin. Of the, it covers the surface of the brain, critical areas within the brain, and the inside of the brain stem itself. Correct. Which is all, it's all neural tissue. Right. And that's the difference between melanin and neuromelanin. Right. Now, let me ask you this, and, and I got to ask you this because, and I'm glad you broke that down because, unfortunately, uh, 
amongst the melanated conscious community or people that claim to be consciousness. I want I want you to elaborate and give your thoughts briefly on this. Um, unfortunately, you have some people that believe because I think they don't know how to separate, as you just explained, the neural and the neural melanin, the skin melanin, as opposed to the uh, neural melanin or the neural matter of the brain. Um, some and, and there is unfortunately there's that racism amongst melanated people. I hate to say it, but it's there. The dark and light skin thing. Uh, some are under the opinion and the belief that if you are a dark and melanated person, I think you just dispelled that myth, uh, that you're more intelligent, more spiritually in tune. Now, I technically don't agree with that um, because I think the, the two concepts are getting confused. And you kind of just explain that. But if you can give me your thoughts on that and your elaboration, because I think sometimes we, we perpetuate racism amongst ourselves, um, and I know that's still some, sometimes that mental slave mentality we can't bypass, but some people are under that opinion and ideology. I just want, if you could briefly give your thoughts, um, is there any scientific evidence to support that, say, a, a very dark-skinned, melanated person that's highly in tune with themselves spiritually um, would that make them more in tune, say, with a mixed melanated person or, or a melanated person of lighter skin, et cetera? What is, what is your thoughts on that? Absolutely not. There's no scientific uh, data to suggest that at all. There is no psycho-spiritual data to suggest that. There's a lot of politics going on around that. And I, I, Correct. I can understand that. I can understand that. I'm even, you know, beat up and harassed and humiliated for long period, I mean, you're, you're, you know, that's a, a natural human inclination sure. to go in the other direction. But, you know, I, it, it's, it's not going to get you very far. It'll be easily debunked uh, from a scientific and clinical point of view. And, uh, and it also gets you into the unpleasant situation of then saying, well, this black-skinned person is more spiritually evolved than that other dark-skinned person. Right. But, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's quicksand. It's a no one, correct. It's quick. Okay. I appreciate that. All right, so we uh, are at the last portion of our show. Let's uh, now take some questions for you again. We're talking to Dr. Edward Bruce Bynum. Uh, We've been focusing on uh, his book, Dark Light Consciousness, Melanin Serpent Power, and the Luminous Matrix Reality. Uh, Again, you can get this book on Amazon. You can get it at innertraditions.com. Uh, you can just Google it. Um, he's authored this and several other books. Um, most of them are all available, hard copy or digital. All you got to do is Google his name, and it'll come right up. I definitely recommend if you do not have this book in your collection. Uh, pretty much 90% of the stuff we're talking about tonight is in the book. And, again, one thing that's unique about the book is it's not just giving you information and research and, you know, and just going on in that line. It's giving you techniques. All this information we talked about tonight about raising the kundalini, uh, yoga, the different techniques that we're talking about to help you and assist you with various different methods and techniques to raising the kundalini, he's got the techniques in there. He's got the exercises. He's got illustrations. He gives you very simple explanations on how to do these. Um, like you said, the discipline of it is what takes the time. It's not that it's complicated. But it's, it's an excellent book. If you're looking for a book, we always get questions, what's a good book do you recommend to help me take it to that next level, to raise my consciousness, my spirituality? Well, I'm definitely telling you this is a book for sure. It's a very detailed read. It is a very 
it is a very thick book. It's it's four hundred and something pages, I believe four hundred and sixty two pages. Um so it's not a five minute sit down read. This is a book you really need to sit down, study it, go over it and take your time absorbing it because there's a lot of information in there. Um so if you don't have the book, definitely get the book. All right, so you know the rules. We're gonna go to the phones. If you have a question, uh please make sure your phone is unmuted. I can't hear you. If it's not, some people forget to unmute the phone. Uh, we do have people on from multiple states, such as Florida, Mississippi, Texas right now. And, again, if you didn't register, I just call you out by state. You'll be the only one that will be able to be heard. Uh, we already have people typing in questions online, so we'll go back and forth. Uh, again, we'll do our best to get most of your questions in the next 20 or 30 minutes. We'll try our best. If not, uh, don't get discouraged. Dr. Bynum comes on the show uh, regularly, so we'll, we'll definitely have him back. You can always email your questions. And I could also fit that into the next format of the show uh, when we bring Dr. Bynum back. All right, so let's go uh, to the phone. Let's go. We have a caller on the line. For or comment from Dr. Bynum. Uh, greetings. Hi. Hi. Um, greetings. Been, um, and How are you doing? Dr. Bynum. Dr. Bynum I'm enjoying, really enjoying uh, listening and learning. I am uh, – I've been practicing – on my own uh, yoga, kundalini yoga, uh, through just a, basically a DVD that I picked up. And it, it started out two years ago just as a form of exercise. This was a, just basically a form of exercise that um, I was using this method for. But it involved a lot of breathing and uh, mantras as well. And I found myself having, because I was also changing my diet at the time, I found myself having um, ha- having had a, an experience where the body, when I'm sitting in lotus position, started moving. Um, I wasn't sure what it was. It did scare me, but, of course, I wanted to go deeper. So, of course, I did. And then I went into a huge major, I think, what you mentioned earlier, not knowing and not having proper guidance experience. But I was able to tame that beast once I knew what it was, although I stepped away from it for several months because it scared me. And I even took the DVD and threw it in the trash. (laughs) It it scared me that much. Um, But then, of course, I went back to it. And once I went back to it, you know, know, after research and learning more about it, um, I wanted to tame the beast, and that I have done. So my question is, um, now I, I... Again, I'm using that method, and now thank you for sharing dance because I was a dancer at one point, and I think that is that will be a much more natural way for me to go back into, you know, rising the kundalini in a gentle way instead of some foreign technique from someone, you know, on a, on a DVD. Right. But, um, but what I'm noticing is that I find myself just even sitting. It, you know, it used to be that I would get this movement from my, you know, lower – uh, region, root region, all the way up to my head would be moving. Now it's basically in the middle part of my body where I can actually feel the energy moving. And I'm wondering if that is uh, kundalini because it seems like it's changed now. In other words, I feel kind of a comfort with it now. And um, I guess I'm building a relationship with my serpent energy, and I just wanted to know if that's what it is or if I'm just playing tricks in my head because I am still practicing with this particular uh, uh, teacher, 
uh, on the DVD regularly, and I just wanted to know if you had well, any. Well, it, it, it sounds like from your description that as you started practicing this, uh, you started having what's called spontaneous kriyas. And kriyas, huh. are, kriyas are when the, the, uh, the body is sort of like trying to, the, the, the subtle body uh, is trying, the light body, the subtle body, is trying to sort of clear out the passageway so it'll it'll move a certain way so that the energy the is not obstructed anymore okay and if it's done the right way or you're lucky or you have a good teacher or some combination of those then you'll feel it and the teacher and you will work out a way so that it the energy sort of flows unencumbered through the nadis or through the energy uh channels and that's a, that's auspicious that's a good sign um, and it sounds like also from your description that the energy has moved uh, gently, relatively gently, because uh, even though it scared you, it didn't scare you so much that it, you became unstable, uh, moved from the lower part of the spine to the middle part of the spine. And so that's good. So um, I, w- I would stay with the practice, and I would definitely, 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 before I began my practice, i do the simple diaphragmatic breathing for about mm, five, ten minutes or so, do alternate nostril breathing for another ten minutes or so, and then focus my attention at the top of the bottom of the nose. What that will do is it will help bring or guide those energies that are sort of, you know, zooming all over the place up the <laughs> central canal, okay? That's a purely technical point. Purely technical point, but it'll bring it up the central canal, and it'll just be a, a, a an easier ride, so to speak. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there is um, there is um, the Kundalini itself, and then there is an energy associated with the uh, um, Kundalini, um, and they're both seem to be involved in what you're describing. I don't know which is predominant. Um, mm-hmm. But um, they, uh, there's both the energy and there's the kundalini itself. And it's kind of hard to describe the difference between the two except by analogy. And the analogy would be uh, you have a, um, you have a uh, stream that's moving. And then you have fish in the stream. The kundalini mm-hmm. is the luminous fish and yeah, the energy is the water. Yeah. And, and 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 luckily you have dancing, so slow, fluid dancing, and and you're turning your intuition to where the energy is will help it flow through your system much more gracefully. So you you have a you have a nice conduit for it, and that's 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 a very fortunate situation to be in. Okay. Right. All right. Any other questions? Any other questions, sis? No other questions. Thank you. Thank you. Thank All you right. for calling in. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Biden, we got an interesting question for you online, if you could elaborate on this. Uh, this is typed in by Lady Dragoness, and she's a frequent listener to our show. Uh, I'm going to read it to you, and you can elaborate and give your thoughts on this. Um, question is, Dr. Bruce, if you have unlocked the ultimate orgasm through experimentation and you fully enjoy the experience, what are your thoughts on containing the orgasm because of the kundalini meaning you don't want to waste that strength and power of it. What are your thoughts on this? Well, uh, in the, uh, there are uh, different um, methods um, 
that I I mentioned uh, briefly, and there are also a lot of texts, by the way, on the, well, not a lot, but several very old classical texts on this, where the person learned how to um, discipline the body, underline the word discipline of the body, so that they do have a, a very pleasurable, intense, orgasmic experience, but the energy is not lost, okay? It is turned inward. Uh, uh, some uh, yogis are born with this, uh, mm, I want to call it uh, uh, style, but more like they sort of learn how to uh, um, redirect the energy uh, such that uh, there is no, for, at least for men, no semen loss, okay? Um, and it's very complicated and very, it's the razor's edge. And most people don't do it very well, and it's certainly easier for women uh, to do than men because there's a certain ejaculation for men, obviously, that doesn't right. happen for women, although there's a, there's a small ejaculation for women also. But the point is is to turn the energy um, inward and not have it escape, quote-unquote, outward. Um, the technical term for, uh, for that is urdveda. And what it means uh-huh. is that uh, many people, uh, men and women, but it's mostly reported by men, in the beginning of a spiritual process, when the kundalini is awakened, they'll notice that at the base of the body, i.e. where mulabandha is, that it begins to spontaneously uh, open and close on its own. It has nothing to do with having a bowel movement. It opens and closes uh, on its own and almost like in a suction sort of movement. And uh, that's the beginning of that process. It's called Urdveda, U-R-D-V-E-R-T-A. I think that's how you pronounce it. If you go to, if you, but if you go to the uh, um, uh, the classic yoga texts and so forth, they'll talk about that experience quite a bit. Okay. Right. So, uh, but it, but it is, it is a discipline a person can learn how to to use if you want to, or they can do like we referred to earlier. Um, it, it all depends on your, your your inclination, and it's easier to go with what your inclinations are and refine your inclinations than it is to try to impose something on yourself that is foreign or alien to your type, to your style. Right. So questions connected to that real quick, if you can elaborate. Um, is there power from a male perspective in retaining the sperm? And, and, and a side note to that, is it could it be a bad thing, too much ejaculation for a male? Um, is there such thing as too much sex, too much ejaculation? Uh, well, does that affect somebody spiritually? Well, I, I, I think that there is a, there is a relationship between, uh, certainly between vital energy and sexuality. Now, not everybody's level of vital energy is the same, as we all know. So mm-hmm. it's a very individualized thing. But you can, you, you can certainly overdo it and uh, deplete your system uh, quite a bit. Yeah, that's possible, and um, it's not a particularly healthy thing to do. So I would recommend a a healthy, disciplined approach to uh, loving and sexuality and orgasm. Uh, A healthy, loving, disciplined approach, and pay attention to your inner self, not just, you know, indulgence, but pay attention to yourself, and think about what 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 you're doing. I mean, if you have a finite amount of energy and you have a finite amount of time here, how do you best want to use that? That's right. Excellent point. All right, let's go back to the phone and see if we can 
get a couple more calls in for you. Uh, we got a caller on the line from Mississippi. You're on the call. Do you have a question or comment for Dr. Fine? No, good evening. I'm just listening. Thank you. All right. We appreciate you listening. Thank you, sister. Thank right, you. We'll go, the, we'll go to the next caller. Uh, this one just says Florida. Florida, you are on the call. Do you have a question or a comment for Dr. Minor? Anybody there from Florida? Hello, I have a question. Sure, go ahead, sis. Okay, I'm a little new at this. So when you have this experience with the totally neat, do you just keep having it more and more and reach a higher and higher state of consciousness? Is that the way? And I mean, where are you going? Well, yes. Uh, uh, essentially, it becomes uh, uh, um, uh, higher, but it also becomes deeper and more pervasive. It's 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 sort of like you're expanding your consciousness, expanding your consciousness. Like a, a crude analogy would be, um, you know, uh, you if you have if you have the capacity to see yourself, remember yourself when you were a three-year-old child, and then to remember and what you knew about the world, what you knew about the world and the universe, and then to compare that to what you knew about the universe and the world as an eight-year-old child. Okay? It's not necessarily that your consciousness is that much more, quote-unquote, higher, but it's certainly vaster and more inclusive. And then you compare what you knew as an eight-year-old to what you knew as somebody who's 38 years old, okay, mm-hmm. assuming that you're continuing to develop. You know infinitely more about the nature of the universe and yourself and your perspective. And after a while, you'd learn how to discipline your mind further and further in addition to being higher and higher so that you could uh, go into areas of knowledge and intelligence that would have been undreamed of when you were like three years old. Well, it's a little bit like it's a little bit like that. It's a little bit like that, and then finally, at the very at the further point, you're able to sort of reflect back to yourself when you used to actually think, use concepts, but you're actually looking at that from a perspective that doesn't use its intelligence, that doesn't exhaust its intelligence by thought. Hmm? That you you're an intelligent being, but you're not limited to thought. Mm. That may be a little difficult to grasp. Okay, does that have anything to do with astral travel? Once you get at like certain levels of consciousness through. Well, yes, that's true. That's true. But astral travel does not necessarily require you to have an advanced state of consciousness. I, I I know that people would would prefer to think that, but it's not true. You can be. Uh, you can try. You can learn the discipline of, of of out of body experience or astral travel without necessarily being highly spiritually evolved at all. Mm. <laughs> they're not. That's they're right. not. They're not. I mean, they they often go together, but they're not necessarily. And there are a lot of uh, folks who uh, have astral experiences, but they're not very. They're not necessarily highly evolved people. You know. I mean, it's the same kind of confusion arises when we think about uh, people dying and passing on and becoming higher spirits. Not necessarily. I mean, apparently it doesn't take a, a lot of talent to die, since we all do it. So, you know, it, 
And just because somebody is died and passed on and uh, communicates from the other side does not make them enlightened. They can they were they might have been crazy on this side, and they get to the other side and they're just as crazy. So you 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 don't want to give up the, the critical faculty of your intelligence because you can. Uh, um, well, say it this way. Uh, you want to continue to evolve your your intelligence such that um, it becomes high, it becomes higher and deeper. I'll, I'll give you a really concrete example of that um, that, that 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 most of us have experienced and maybe we've forgotten. But uh, but you'll see it in small children. Um, if you look at a very very young child, uh, they will look at a certain situation and uh, they will uh, say point to something and say I want this or they'll they'll move towards something and you know that they 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 they're trying to do something. Well, they clearly they are intelligent, but they don't they're they're not having concepts because they don't have the language for it. Hmm? So they're 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 being intelligent, but their intelligence is not uh, defined by their language or their concepts. And then, at a certain period of time in our development, our our intelligence and our capacity for language come together, and they fuse. And then, in certain states of, of deep meditation or prayer or contemplation, there's a separation again between our mental thought world and our intelligence again. So our intelligence shouldn't be confused completely with our thoughts and our language. People who can speak several languages, sometimes they when they're translating from one to the other, they're they're not use they they don't have quite the the concept in one language that they do in another language. They're sort of moving around in there. It's a little bit like that. Mm. Okay, wow. so you were, well, earlier in the broadcast, you were saying something about the in-between thought, between yeah. a thought. What is that called, like bliss or something, or you don't have anything, you just blank? Well, you're not, you're not, you're, it's, 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 it's not a matter of nothing. It's a matter of no thoughts, and that's a difference. I mean, you're conscious and you're intelligent, um, but your intelligence is not completely absorbed in your thoughts. If that, I know that's a, a, a tricky one to wrap your head around, but not all of your not all of your intelligence is in your thoughts. All of your thoughts certainly uh, are subsumed within your intelligence, but not all of your intelligence are subsumed in your thoughts. That makes sense to you, sis. Somewhat. Okay. Yeah, it, 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 take, it takes a while. It takes a while to 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 wrap your mind around that. But uh, to, to to use an example that you've already mentioned, you mentioned very briefly the phenomenon of astral travel, in which your uh, your mental body is separated from your physical body. Okay. So you you're aware of that notion. And that, that that your your mental body is capable of traveling in the in the world where your physical body does not go. Okay, so you you're aware of that. Well, think of the same thing in reference to your intelligence and your mental thoughts. Sometimes your intelligence 
can travel places and do things that your mental thoughts cannot. Your mental thoughts are more frozen or stationary, but your intelligence can move. Okay? So that's coming out of what you just mentioned in reference to astral. It's a further elaboration of that. Nice. All right. Any other questions, Jess? Not at this time. All right. We definitely appreciate the call, and thanks for listening. All right. Uh, definitely want to squeeze a few more in there. we got some good ones now. We opened the gateway here with the astral traveling. But real quick, because uh, we got got uh, listeners that just uh, listen, stream it through Twitter, Facebook. Uh, question here is um, prostate. Uh, in reference to the prostate, um, do you have any uh, suggestions on if somebody's dealing with uh, prostitutes, uh and can over-ejaculation damage the prostate? And I've read up on this myself, and there's a varied opinions. Some say absolutely not. Some say yes. Um, so your thoughts on that, Dr. Bynum? There, it, I, I've read opinions about that all over the map. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that uh, a modest amount of sexual act, healthy sexual activity is going to ruin your prostate. Now, I do know people who've contracted uh, serious uh, prostate illnesses, because, and they swear that it's because they overused their prostate. Um, right. I, and these are people that I respect who say that. Uh, right. But I've also heard uh, from uh, you know other people, including physician friends of mine, who say, no, that is not the case. So, the, you know, the data is not is not in. In reference right. to prostatitis, uh, prostatitis is irritation of the uh, of the prostate, uh, right. uh, and it can be uh, uh, viral or it can be uh, bacterial or it can you know uh, a lot of different reasons. But it, it but it's the irritation of the prostate, and the treatment usually is rest and antibiotics and lots of liquids, and mm. after a while the inflammation will die down. Right, and the, and the swelling will go away. Okay, definitely appreciate that. All right, let's go back to the phone. Then we'll go back to the uh, uh, online. We got some more questions for you online. Also, let's go uh, back to the phone. We got another caller on the phone, Texas. You are on the call. Do you have a question or a comment for Doctor Biden? I'm actually enjoying the show. I tuned in a little bit late. I heard the sister when she talked about dancing. Um, I love to dance. And I find that um, I, when I'm fluid, I feel heat within my body. Um, and the heat varies from place to place, just depending on my mood. So that's all that I would have to say. Any comments okay. on that? Um, did you hear it, Dr. Byron? I know the phone no, why don't, why, don't, why, don't you, why don't you paraphrase that for me? Yeah, can you talk a little bit? I don't know if you're on, like, a, uh, a headpiece or something. Like we can hear you, but it, you kind of sound a little muffled. Oh, okay. Can you hear me better now? Much yeah. better. Go ahead. If you can okay, say I that apologize. again. Okay, yeah. No I, problem. I, when I, I, said I came into the, the show a little bit late, but I heard the sister who was talking about the fact that she likes to dance, and I like to dance as well. And when I realize when I dance, I, I, I can feel heat within my body, and it just depends on my mood, where that heat sense is. So mm. I just wanted to find out um, if you have any comments about that. Well, definitely uh, definitely, dance and movement uh, will generate heat simply because it's, uh, the, the body is moving and you're generating uh, simple thermal uh, heat. Mm-hmm. So there's that, and that's what the case is for you know most people as they are dancing. However, 
there are certain kinds of dances that are done uh, intentionally to release uh, and stimulate heat at the lower part of the body and then to bring it up. And it usually involves uh, intense rhythmic movements of the uh, lower uh, lumbar and sacral region of the, uh, the, in other words, the lower part of the spine. And they're moved, they're flexed back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And you, uh, you see that in a lot of uh, uh, rhythmic African dance, which is not only ubiquitous in Africa, but it's also spread to the Caribbean and South America and uh, to some extent uh, in the Pacific Islands. But it's a movement of the lower part of the spine, um, uh, again, the uh, lumbar and the sacral slash sacral sacred area of the uh, spine. And the intention is to awaken that energy and to bring it up sequentially up the spinal line up until you you pass uh, up until the upper part of the the, uh, the back and then eventually up through the spinal line uh, and through the central areas of the brain core, the surface of the brain, and then beyond. That's the point of the practice. And you know it's happening because the heat increases. It doesn't burn, but it increases if it's done safely. And uh, like the, the Kalahari uh Kung people, uh, or, the, or people who use quieting techniques like the Tibetans, when it reaches the top of the, of the head, the skull, inside the skull, it dissolves your perception of yourself so that there's no more self that you're accustomed to. It is outshined by a radically brighter kind of uh, experience. Mm. Wow. So, that, so it, that's, again... It's why you have a you'll have a a, a, a static uh, physical signature using methods like this, such that you can then compare notes with other people who've done similar practices, so that you know you're you're doing you're on the right path. That's one of the, again that's one of its advantages. You can test it out in the laboratory of your own experience and see. You don't have to take anybody's word for it. You can check it out. You know, Dr. Bynum, when you just talked about that, it just made me realize the other day, you know, I, you know, we talk about vibrations, but you talk about astral, but I want to just ask you a question about vibrations. You know, there are certain people that I um, I feel like I'm in tune with, like specifically my mother. Uh, I can feel her essence, or just like any of my children. Sometimes I can, I can feel their essence. And the other day I just had this, this sensation. It was just light, and it was pleasant and it just like encompassed my whole body region and when I checked around I, I found that my mother sent me a loving vibration and I felt it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, we, are, we are connected to those who we're intimately associated with and we have a sort of my term resonant affinity with we sort of mm-hmm. vibrate in the same sort of uh, zone of the same uh, um, area together. And it, it's you know that's that's what a that's what a radio and a television does to use those physical examples, you know, the, the radio broadcasting system sends out a vibration at a certain amount of, of hertz and frequencies, and it resonates to the crystals inside of your television, inside of your radio. Boom. Mm. Communication. Wow. Nice. Does it answer your questions, sis? Any other questions yes. for Doctor Bond? Uh, right. Thank you so much, brother. Thank you very much. All right, much. and where, uh, sis, just so we get a geographical region, what area in Texas are you calling from, just so we know? I'm in the Dallas, Texas area. All right, cool. Appreciate it. Thanks for the call. We appreciate you listening. Thank you. You got it.
uh, back online. Let me try to squeeze in a couple more, Dr. Byron. We've got about 10 minutes uh, where they cut it. Let's uh, see if we can squeeze. I've got a good question online where you were mentioning, and actually some callers have brought it up, um, if you can give us your thoughts on this and, and maybe some of your personal experience on this. Um, this was typed in by guest six earlier. Uh, it says, since now that we were talking about astral travel, um, guest six says, I've been trying to astral travel consciously, but I, say, I can't seem to do it. Uh, if somebody is interested in practicing that, maybe somebody, because I know, like you say, everybody's rhythms and everybody's spiritual connection varies. And like you say, some people can just do it at will. I know that's something I've always been able to do. Uh, dreams and astral travel has always been intense for me. But say that person that wants to consciously astral travel, um, can you elaborate on that? What would maybe some techniques, some suggestions you can give somebody uh, on that if that's an area that they're willing to experiment with as far as their spirituality? Well, uh, a lot of people are very interested in that uh, because it it um, it's one of the the, the best ways to uh, clearly demonstrate to yourself in a replicatable way that death is an illusion. Mm. Okay? So that's one of the major reasons to do that. Okay? It demonstrates to you that you are not confined to your physical body, that your physical body is the denser part of you. So you want to check out what your motivations for doing that are. Mm. Okay? First and foremost. Second is that when you, if you do decide to, to practice astral travel, uh, in, the, in the waking state, it is critical, underline the word critical, how you actually physically leave the body. In other words, um, you don't want to astral travel and, quote, exit the body, unquote, from the navel area, um, mm. or, uh, okay? Because depending on the area that you, quote, exit from the body, unquote, you vibrate in that region. And vibrating around the stomach area is the third chakra and to use that language, there's chakra, which means there's a whole lot of stuff going on about power and uh, dominance and control and so on and so forth. So, you know, depending on the door you go through or the door you exit from, those are the kind of um, uh, personas you're going to encounter. So it's just much safer to leave it from as much higher, quote, gates, unquote, so that the... Uh, Phenomena that you encounter there is at a much higher level of development. If you catch my meaning, mm. get my drift here. Right. Um, okay. In terms, and finally, in terms of technique, uh, there are methods. Um, uh, the, 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 the best ones are what's called hemi-sync, and what they are mm. is that they are tapes that you can buy that yes. will desynchronize the brain, such that um, the astral travel becomes easier. What they do is you uh, it's uh usually a certain kind of music um and you put on, you use headphones and through one headphone is music at a certain uh vibration and then the other headphone is music at a different vibration and the fact that the two of them come in in together will um collide so to speak with each other and therefore create a third rhythm and the mm. third rhythm is the rhythm that you exit the body on so it's called HemiSync, H-E-M-I-Sync. Right. And you can experiment, read about it first. Please, please, please read about it first. <laughs> Do your homework, research it, and if that continues to appeal to you, uh, then go out that way. Finally, a third one, I mean a fourth one, 
is that for those who are having difficulty exiting the body through astral travel in the wake and waking state, I would uh, practice telling myself that I want to do this when I'm asleep and dreaming. Why? Because you're already doing it. That's right. And so learn how to awaken when you are dreaming, and then it's much easier. Mm. And I'm glad you brought up the hemi-sync because myself and the brothers on the show, thats we're practitioners of that, and we've talked about that uh, a bunch of times on the show. It, it is a very effective technique, and um, there, there's a multitude. You can even pull up some free um, access of it on uh, Google Play and YouTube, and there are a series of DVDs. There are different companies out there. Um, but it is a very effective tool, and I can definitely attest to that. But like you said, Dr. Bynum, definitely do the research and read up on it. Yeah, do your research. Uh, most definitely. That, that's very important. All right, let's try to squeeze two more in for you, and, and then we are going to have to wrap it up. Let's go back to the phones. I got a caller on the phone from uh, just says southwest Florida. You're on the call. Do you have a question or a comment for Dr. Bynum? Anybody there from southwest Florida? Question or comment for Dr. Bynum? All right. Skip that one. Nobody's there. If your phone's unmuted, you do have to unmute it. Um, let's go. All right, let's take this last question online. Good question online here. Um, and the last one, Dr. Bynum, your thoughts on this? Um, and I've read this, and it's theory. I don't know if it scientifically can be proven. There is some validity to it. What are your thoughts from uh, transferring food to light? Is that possible? Is that a reality is the question? Transferring food to light? Right. I Yeah, that's, I'm just reading it as it's posted. I've, I'm not sure I understand. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, if guest six, if you want to maybe elaborate a little bit more on that, we'll, we'll maybe try to answer that. Um, in the future, uh, but anyway, I think we are out of time. I don't want to. I don't want to start any other questions. Um, but again, um, for those, uh, if you haven't heard earlier, um, we've been talking about, for the most part, I know we we ventured in. This Dr. Bynum got thorough on a, on a multitude of subjects. We were talking about his book tonight, Dark Light Consciousness, Melanin, Serpent Power, and the Luminous Matrix of Reality. Um, he's authored. Uh, several other books. Again, all you got to do is Google Dr. Bynum. Um, all his books are available uh, at innertraditions.com. You can get them. They're all available on Amazon. And again, most of them are available hard copy and digital. You can also see uh, lectures over the years of Dr. Bynum on YouTube. Again, just go to YouTube, go to the search engine, type his name in. And I definitely would recommend you definitely uh, read this book. And, and his other books are very, very good. We've talked about some of his other works on, on other shows, and we'll, we'll, we'll continue to do that. Um, but this book is a must-have if you really want techniques, exercises, practical information, along with very detailed information, historical information. He connects all of our cultures, uh, all aspects of Africa, Egypt, the Dravidian and the Indian culture, you name it. He connects it all, but also from a psychological uh, point of view, which is critical. Uh, Dr. Bynum, is there anything you'd like to say in closing before we let you go? Uh, only that I, I've appreciated, again, coming on and just uh, talking with people and, uh, and and sharing ideas. I learn also uh, uh, when I when I do this, and um, I'm, I'm glad, very happy that uh, that uh, it seems to have struck a chord um, with folks because uh, you know I I made I gambled when I wrote these books. 
And I gambled that I that if I spent the time and went into detail and backed up everything I said, as opposed to just do propaganda, that in the long run it would pay off. And mm. I think I think it has, and I feel right. very, very good about that. Solid clinical work. We're often told that we're not a, a, a scientific, literate people, but this is obviously not the case tonight, is it? That's right. That's right. And 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 just from my personal opinion, I definitely think you you definitely have a connection with with the cosmic consciousness, the divine, whatever you want to say for sure, because the work speaks for itself. Um, obviously, there's definitely some inspiration there. Any anybody with common sense can see that when they read the book. So you definitely, it's definitely you have a gift that you're sharing with everybody, and it is definitely most appreciated. So again, I want to thank you again for coming on. I know you'll definitely be back. Uh, but I definitely appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule and, and spending a couple hours with us. Uh, we always appreciate it. So, again, thanks for coming by, and we'll, and we'll definitely get you back here soon. I appreciate that. You have a decent night now. You too. Thanks, Dr. Bynum. All right. Uh, so just to close in real quick, uh, brothers, anything you want to say real quick before we close out? Brother Sar, Brother Ravana Noon, anything you want to say real fast before we uh, call it a night, brothers? Yeah. Uh, I would like to say that... Uh, that was a a good good uh good introduction and lecture for some people, but for us who've uh, had the pleasure of speaking to Bynum, each time he comes on, he adds a little more and connects the dots for some who may be on the basics or even some who are advanced. My That's main right. thing is um, specifically for all those who want to be these Kundalini masters and raise the Kundalini, make sure that. You read the manual before you try to uh, jump ahead and do some uh, super scientific uh, kundalini raising. If you don't understand the the banda locks, if you don't understand the basic mula banda from the root all the way up to the second and third bandas, you may be injuring or hurting yourself more than you realize. And right. this isn't something to play with. So, right. you know, um, another thing I want to suggest for others, definitely get his book, Dark Light Contest. I also want to make a mention of a brother named Sunyata Saraswati, or Sarawati. He was uh, one of the first uh, actual black tantric masters here in the West. Mm. He wrote That's a right. book called He wrote a book called Jewel in the Lotus. That's um, right. He actually... Uh, used to live down in Fort Lauderdale area near uh, Brother Beniti. That's right. He passed last year, as a matter of fact. But um, he was he wrote a book, and he had he was one of the first black tantric masters to introduce to the melanated community uh, Kriya Yoga techniques. And if you want real good basics to start with, along with dark light consciousness, I suggest you get that book. But besides that, please, people. Do your homework before you get into anything. And the second and last thing I want to say, for all you people who do all this astral travel and all these things, well, Dr. Bynum said it best. Dr. Bynum's walked with some of these uh, masters who've uh, actually raised the kundalini. He had the pleasure of walking and being taught by them for years. Um, Astral travel is something that happens naturally a lot of times. It doesn't make you any deeper, more profound than anybody else. So cut that mess out, too, because, you know, a lot of y'all walk around bragging, talking like you're some great master because you can astral plane, astral travel. Shit, that ain't nothing, okay? 
That's that true. Is basic shit. And if you think that that makes you deeper than the next, you you done lost your mind somewhere along the line. Uh, it's some basic things, and it doesn't make you deeper than the next person. So that's right. Yeah. And and make sure you're not raising the coon, the C O O N Kundalini, as yeah. opposed to the, <laughs> the 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 Kundalini. Uh, so yeah. I, I, you know, some some people are raising the Kundalini, and they don't realize it. Yeah. And, and be beware because. Once that coon rises, it's hard to put it back. So understand now. Understand that you got to really do your homework. It, it, this is why we bring these different guests on the show. So y'all could understand, do your homework. This is not something that you start one year ago and all of a sudden you're a guru. All of a sudden you're a tantric master. No. That's right. It's something that takes years, it takes practice, and it takes discipline. And one last thing. One thing I've noticed, and the brothers on the show have noticed, people lack discipline in this conscious state of existence nowadays. They have the knowledge. They may know all these deep sciences, but they don't have the discipline. And discipline comes in from applying what you know and applying it in a very basic, everyday manner. If you don't have that discipline, you are loosey-goosey. You're all over the place. You're imbalanced, and you will eventually end up hurting yourself. Right. And you may not understand that now because your ego may be overriding, your overbearing ego. You need ego, so I'm not saying you don't. But what I'm saying is that overbearing ego that keeps you uh, doing stupid shit, realize that <laughs> if you don't listen to yourself, that inner being, that higher self that tries to bypass the ego shit, that you might end up hurting yourself. Always also. Also, also, I want to add this into what you're saying, brother. The conscious community is a prime example of why great teachers like Dr. Bynum says that a lot of people need gurus. These That's right. type of people are the prime example of that shit. Yeah, and one last You got thing. people everywhere. That's right, because <laughs> many people just bypass and think that there's some hot shit because oh, well, you know, I've been doing this all my life. And shit, yeah, but just because you've been doing something doesn't mean you've been doing it the right way, nigga. So just get Yo, the black man the is God, man. The black man is God. Fuck yeah, all that, that shit, man. I will say no, that. No, but real, real quick, before, before wait, wait, I forget. No, but real quick. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, before I forget, just wanted to make a quick announcement. I'll make it again before we close out. Next week, uh, we're starting at 8 o'clock. We're going to have Dr. Phil Valentine will be with us next week. we got to start a little earlier for him because Uncle Phil got to get to bed a little bit early. I like to joke with him about that. Um, so I just want to <laughs> let all the listeners know uh, we'll post it, but I want to put that out there now because last time we had Dr. Phil Valentine on, uh, some people came in late and they kind of missed him. So we'll put it on the um, Facebook page, uh, Brother Ravana Noon, who, who um, operates the uh, Awakening Universal Minds Facebook page. Uh, we'll get that post up there immediately. We'll post it a little earlier because of the early start time. So I just want all the listeners to be aware. Again, next week we will start at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, just for next week only. Uh, Dr. Phil Valentine will be with us for a couple hours. Um, I'm sure everybody knows who he is. Um, so, yes, uh, somebody in the Central Time Zone just typed in. It would be 7 o'clock Central Time Zone if you're in the Central Time Zone area. If you're out in the West Coast, Cali, we do have listeners out on the West Coast. Uh, we will be starting 5 o'clock your time, 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. So I just, again, want to get that into your heads next week, 8 p.m. 
Uh, we'll have Dr. Phil Valentine here. We're going to kind of talk about uh, psychological, mental warfare, metaphysics. Uh, we'll kind of get into that with him. We'll get into a various different topics. Uh, so, again, I'll throw that in to uh, toes, toes me in again before we officially check out. Um, but go ahead, brother. Finish your thought. Yeah, just one last one last statement. I want to send a big shout-out to all the twerkers out there. Keep doing your, uh, mel- that's that's right. your melanated science right there. Y'all may not that's realize right. it because it became something else. But that's Big booty strippers. That's right, bro. When Dr. Bynum kept mentioning we love those big booty African um, spiritual sciences was catered to a transcendental state, and it was utilizing the hip movements. That's well, right. There you go. That's it all day. It became something else today, but it's still, in essence, the same thing. This is why right. medically, scientifically, they prove that movements of the hip can heal any reproductive issues, problems, and regenerate that area of the womb for the female. That's right. So and I may say it may sound jokingly, but I'm serious. If you twerk, that's it, true. Keep, keep it going. That's, that's, that's what our science is. It manifests in different ways also, today. Also, but, also make some videos for us, too. I'm just joking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, and I'm glad. Awakening universal mind. That's right. (laughs) In care of, in care of. We're awakening universal twerkers tonight, brother. (laughs) Watch all the crazy ass emails now. No, but on 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 a serious note, and I'm glad Dr. Bynum was talking about when we talked about uh, rhythmic movements. uh, We we got into the dance. Uh, The 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 awesome thing about is drumming and. Me being a drummer, I know I know that all the brothers dabble in the drums to an extent, but myself, uh, I consider myself, uh, you know, a serious drummer. Uh, we do it ritualistically. There's power in that. And just in, it, you know, exerting that energy and tapping into those vibration and frequencies is so important. I can't stress enough of the effect spiritually and consciously and subconsciously, just the effect of the rhythm of the drums and the various different types of drums. Um, and that's why I brought that up earlier to Dr. Bynum, because um, in any of our cultures, ritualistically, the drum plays a key element. And it's, it's always been a way we've been able to open up the porthole and the gateway to bring the spirits down. Um, very prominent in West African traditions when uh, you're at Benbeis and you're trying to bring down what they call the Orishis. And all of us brothers who are initiated in that system have experienced that personally and have witnessed it a multitude of times when those spirits come down and mount you. Um, it's done by certain patterns and rhythms on the drums. Uh, we just did the uh, winter solstice ritual on the 26th of December here in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And uh, same thing. Um, it's an excellent way to tap into those archetype energies and bring these deities, or what we term as deities, uh, and tap into that archetype energy and, and, and manifest it so we can experience it. And you heard Dr. Bynum and you heard. Brother Ravana Noon and Brother Sargidi, and we say it continuously. You heard what he said. You got to get the experience. You heard him say that. It's it's not just about just reading it. You know, you got to do your research. You got to study it. But if you really want to have a good understanding of it, you have to gain your own personal experience in those matters. Um, but and you, know, and you know, and you know what that means, niggas? Discipline, 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 big time. Big time. It's not again. And, and you can't. You can't be a Facebook guru and a YouTube warrior. It's just not going to help you. 
Well, you know, see, that's there's a good thing about the technology era, and there's a bad thing. Unfortunately, you got a lot of clowns that sit behind the computers, and you know, they're masters. You know, you got YouTube gangsters, Facebook gangsters. <laughs> that, you know, they talk a lot of bullshit, but most of them can't hold their own weight. You know, you got all these, you know, giving these feel-good lectures and telling you how black you are and how great you are, which is. That's fine. I'm, but at the I'm, end I'm of so, the day, I'm so I'm so happy that you know also that Dr. Bynum touched on that. How uh, pretty much that is totally untrue. It doesn't matter how dark you are, nigga. It doesn't make you spiritual, nigga. Absolutely. Well, well, hey, look. Let's, repeat, let's look. put it. Let's let's say rest in peace. Well, <laughs> I get that light. shit all. Me and you, Ravana, and we talk about this shit all the time. And Sargini, we talk about this all the time. We see it. Unfortunately, and Dr. Bynum, he explained it. It's a psychological slave mentality, and, and that's what I keep telling people because there's racism amongst melanated people, and that comes from that trauma and abuse that's genetically passed down on our subconscious minds because, like he said, you know, when you come from a history of being abused psychologically and mentally, you tend to find an avenue to take that out at some point. And unfortunately, I see that shit with all these groups today when you go on YouTube, everybody's on this black shit. You know, black this, the original black that. What the fuck is original? Because nobody in this day, and we're all fourth generation melanated Nubian people, regardless of how light or dark you are, and we can get into depth in science, genetically, blood type, the whole nine, to validate that point. That's just not a personal I've, opinion. I've told, I've told these, you know, it's funny, you know, not to get too much into that, but I've it's told Black History Month, so I'll get into it. <laughs> <laughs> I've, told, I, I've told these conscious niggas before, if your ass is not the twa or the pygmies living yeah, in the motherfucking you rainforest, you are not the original man. Get that shit out your motherfucking head. You're an evolved human being, motherfucker. You are not the original. Well, and I'm glad you bring that up, Brother Saw, because now the twa... And, and it, or you could call them the Tarites, the Pygmies, the Watusis. When you go back to that, when we talk about the Neolithics, and this is what people don't understand for all you historian buffs, because, you know, for all you people that over-intellectualize knowledge and, and don't deal with the spiritual magic of it and don't deal with the higher sciences of it that we were discussing tonight, the Neolithics were those people that Brother Sargidi just mentioned. And do your research on that. And, and Dr. Biden gets a little bit into it. Well, he gets into it in the book when he talks about Napta Player and he goes back to Nubia and then he goes back prior to what we know as Egyptian culture and civilization. Those would be those people that Sargidi just talked about. We're talking about bands. These were dark, charcoal black melanated bands that predated Egypt. We identify with Egypt because it is the first great and oldest civilization that everybody can identify with it. It, it's not the first, contrary to what you want to believe. It's the first great civilization that predates all the modern-day bullshit that we know. But when we go to those Neolithics that Brother Sargidi just mentioned, okay, that's before there was any pyramids built. That's before there was any what you term as Egyptian attire, culture, et cetera. These We're going are, back. The, if you if you want to if you want to talk about original the the gods of the planet. These are these motherfuckers right here. That's right. And, 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 and unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, 
most of us here in America come from that whole breakoff point of us. A lot of us here are Native Americans prior to the continental drift. We were here. Not all of us came here by way of slavery on African ships. Get that bullshit out of your head. Everybody that's melanated or classify themselves as black likes to always assume that they're descendants of slaves and came from Africa. That cannot be the furthest thing from the truth to a lot of people here in America because a lot of us and, and a lot of you know you have direct descendancy to the original indigenous Native American people. So not all of you were slaves because when the land masses were all connected, you literally had that connection when, when the masses were connected where you walk, you can literally walk over from Africa to America. You can look in Olmec culture. Definitely go check out Ivan Van Sertima's books. If, you, if you're not familiar with him, um, most people should be. He's, to me, he's one great historian uh, that doesn't really get the publicity, and he passed away a few years back. But Ivan Van Sertima, where, where he gets into that in depth. So let's get out of our head also, that everybody – Also, ahead, what were you going to say, brother? No, I'll say also there's another book, Big, um, uh, They Came Before Columbus. That's another one. Right, Early Presence of the Moors in America. And we're talking about real, real Native Americans. Real Moors. Yeah. We're not, we're not talking about Moors Science Temple, niggas. Not, we're, not talking that about, yeah. we're talking about the motherfuckers that was really alchemists and shit. Not these niggas that sit, sitting in a, a little temple and shit, you know, talking all this law bullshit. And then and, and, and using Islamic, you know, and, and talking about Al-Kibulan, which was basically not the whole name for the continent of Africa. Let's establish that shit. That's what the Arab or Arabicized African Moors, a term that they used, Al-Kibulan, for, for the Upper Nile Valley. That's it. It was never, I don't give a fuck what anybody says, because you can't historically prove that. There was at never any point in history that the whole entire continent of Africa was referred to as Alcubulon. You can't prove that shit. That's a term that was brought into fruition by the Arabicized African Moors, those Negroes that uh, Sargini was just talking about. They're the ones that will propagate this whole Alcubulon concept. Let's, let's squash that shit. You understand and that? It is, and it's funny, um, I should say, from, just from my personal research, the the original name of Africa where you go, I ain't going to say the original, but one of the old names of the whole continent of Africa was Ethiopia at one time. Every Meaning every nigga on that bitch was called Ethiopia. That's right. You know. That's right. And that's going back to the uh, 1600s, 1500s, you know. Mm-hmm. Before, before a lot of the, you know, English, European, you know, shit that came out. That's right. But, um, but I, I think it's so important, like we said, you know, that the whole skin tone thing gets dealt with. Also, to bring a reality check to, you know, a lot of these delusional brothers and sisters that are talking about they're the original people. No, you fuck you're not. Get that shit out your head. Stop. Feeding your ego, man. Stop trying to make yourself feel good. It's just yeah, not, you do that. You know, brother, come on, man. You just say you just say you're original, and then you just blame white people for all your problems, brother. That's 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 that's, that's what like, you do, man. Like Doctor Savy says, they're hybrids, man. Everybody's a yeah. hybrid nowadays. He's a master. Yeah. He's a master so hybridizing everything, not realizing we're hybrids ourselves. We're not the original. That's right. 
Exactly. I don't. I don't give a fuck if you go to Haiti. I don't give a fuck if you go to Jamaica. I don't give a fuck if you go to Africa. You know, in the motherfucking Nigeria and shit. Them niggas ain't original either. You know, nah. the only original motherfuckers are those pygmies that's living in the fucking rainforest. If you not one, if you not one of them, you are not the original man and woman. So get that shit out your head. I mean, wake up to reality. And you know what, brother? We we've talked about this in the past. You know what's funny? Like, you hear all these Negroes, and my son's got YouTube up right now watching this Shaka Upmost Coon with the, this one. This one, this one, this one. <laughs> uh, but, um, one spooky ass Negro. <laughs> no, but what tends what tends to happen is people identify with shit that they like. And let me give you an example. We talked about this before. All of us have had these discussions on the side. Like, people will heavily identify with Egyptian culture, which that's great. That's your thing. Makes you feel good. Do your thing. Do you. But here's the problem. Then they'll say, my African ancestors. This shit fucks me up. And I'm going to tell you why. Okay? Everything about them is Egypt. Egypt this, Egypt that. And first of all, I got a problem with that term itself because that's a Greek word. That's not the name of what we're calling Egypt today. And it's not Kemet either because that takes you back into the Hebrew. That's the Hebrew word Cam or Kem for the son of Noah. So when you're, when you're saying Kem, you're not saying anything deep because now you're still connecting subliminally to religion. It's a religious Hebraic term. Egyptos is Greek for burnt. That's all it is. So it's not Egypt. It's not Kemet. Okay? You got to go back to Nubia to really find what, what we're really talking about here. But here's the problem that I got. problem that I got is they'll say Egypt, everything is Egypt about them. Then they'll say Africa my African ancestors, and they act as if they're including the entire co- continent of Africa. Now, here's the problem I got. Me and the have had this conversation. People identify with the comfortable shit of Africa, and Egypt being one of them, because Egypt is so popular. Egypt has, yeah, it has all this refined it's culture. It's all pretty, <laughs> you know. And they have, and that's they have great. Moses, they have gold, they have Abraham. All that shit. You know, it's pretty. But That's all important. that other stuff they don't because it seems primitive. It seems dark. Go. It seems backward. There you it go. Evil. It seems disgusting. It seems wrong. You know, it's just everything that you can, uh, you know, uh, synonymously equate to evilness. That's what they. That's what they think of the rest of Africa many times in their minds. Another thing. They pick Yoruba for the same reason, because it's pretty. It looks nice. Right. You know, you have the Orisha, and the Orisha right. wear these, you know, they wear these magnificent costumes, and, you know, they have these magnificent beads or lekes, you know, all these, because it looks so beautiful. But they don't want to get, they won't fuck with Palo, though, because, you know, Palo's deep down and dirty, you know what I'm saying? That's that shit yeah. that's scary yeah, that's for my them. shit. A lot of them, there, you know, also they don't fuck with Voodoo, you know. Yeah, because it's that shit too. There you go, brother. And that's when Dr. Biden mentions, he talks about it in his book. He mentioned it tonight. It's a part of our culture that we kind of shove to the side. Now, all of us brothers, including myself, uh, initiated and experienced in that. That's the real roar energy, the real spiritual magic. Uh, the experience of it can't be put into words. And I don't, and like Brother Ravana Noon said, in their eyes, it's primitive. And they're subconsciously, that's still that self fear and self hate that we have for other parts of the continent of Africa. I don't give a shit how much Egypt you're claiming. But there's this trend lately over the years 
Now everybody's a motherfucking Egyptologist because they read a few books. They bought a goddamn dashiki, put an ankh on. Now you can't tell these Negroes shit. They know everything because they read a couple of Dr. Ben's yeah. books. But, but here's, I, the I, problem I, with that. here's the problem with that. You have archaeologists. Archaeologists. Uh, name one black archaeologist besides Dr. Ben and Ivan Sertum and people like that, right? You have archaeologists, real archaeologists who are now proving that in South Africa, South Africa, uh, ladies and gentlemen, 150,000 years ago had temples, had pyramids. That's right. Had, That's right. Uh, uh, um, had astronomical observatories. They had That's headstones right. of Heru and different of these different comedic dates 150,000 years ago, way down in South Africa. South Africa. Out. South Africa, not Kemet or Egypt or Nubia or Ethiopia, Somalia or Eritrea, any of those places that you coons want to claim. No, it goes even further back than that to South Africa 150,000 years ago. Son, that is a long length of time. In a human Hell time yeah. frame, that's a long length of time, but they want to pick Kemet, and they want to claim Kemet, and, oh, well, you know, um, well, archaea- I mean, uh, scientists proved that all life germinated from East Africa. Yeah, motherfucker, they say East Africa, but they did not say Kemet. They said it originated around Uganda, the lower that's region right. of Ethiopia, and Kenya. It didn't say nothing about right. Egypt. It didn't say anything about you know, those locations, it said down there. And then they said people walk south, they walk east, well, partially east, they walk east, they walk west, and then they walk north. So regardless, the people migrated from that region there all around the same time, south, east, and west. What they're not telling you is how the hell is it, if that was the case, if scientifically that's the case, how is it people are found in a in a advanced culture in South Africa 150,000 years before anywhere else. For further right. information, people, read the book African Temples of the Anunnaki by Michael, Michael Tellinger, and you'll get further elaborated information, detailed information with archaeological facts and data and proof to show you these things. Do That's your right. research, people. Don't just rely on what your... Uh, also, 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 it's interesting. I found this out, I should say, like in 2009. But uh, in Iraq, you know, they found, um, you know, old-ass ancient mines, you know, and they found, like, they found an old-ass airplane model in one of these mines. Yep. And this dealing with right. ancient, ancient Sumer, you know what I mean? That's right. That's right. So you know, it, niggas always niggas always talk about Egypt all goddamn day, but they act like no what nobody else has shit, you know. So, well, I mean, I mean the important the the important concept to get into the listeners' minds, and, and and again, that's why we had Dr. Bynum on the show a couple of times, including tonight, is again practical methods, things you could actually put into practice to raise your consciousness. The problem is we could spend all day caught up in this nonsensical and over-intellectual debate, and this is all people are doing on the damn internet, they're debating back and forth who was first, ancient this, original that, debating, I, like, personally, I couldn't give a fuck about no black Hebrews or, like, bullshit. They even waste, <laughs> even waste a speck of my energy on that nonsense. 
I mean, I couldn't even get two flying fucks about any of that garbage. Anybody that's going to sit there and watch a three-hour debate over, oh, they practice homosexuality in Egypt, oh, the Hebrew Israelites with it, who gives a shit? Because at the end of the day, and here's the point, what is it really doing for you? Other than feeding your ego, nothing. It's just catering to your bullshit-ass ego. Whereas the real spiritual work is harnessing your spiritual powers and doing the work. And this is why when we talk about those parts of Africa and the magical and the spiritual system, the ritualistic system that we need to put back into practice to really raise our consciousness to the next level, then you'll really see the change. Because remember, the root of all problems and the root of all change starts spiritually. So you can have all these physical, you can have all these protests, take it to the streets with all this police brutality, none of that shit's going to change because we're not addressing it first from a spiritual perspective. So amongst us, in our intellectual knowledge and our wisdom, there's separation amongst us. And I've always brought this point up because when you look at all these white evangelists on TV, you don't see them beefing with each other. They're all doing the same shit, but they work, coincide with each other, whether they know each other or not. There's no interference. What we do is we play right into the so-called hands of the enemy who we call the white man and claim we're trying to overtake his system and change his methodology and change the way of thinking that's been instilled in us mentally because that mental slavery is strong in the letter. Let me tell you that shit. I don't give a fuck how spiritually conscious you think you are because I know the most spiritually conscious people on the outside, but mentally they're still in slavery. problem that we got going on is we spend more energy getting on YouTube and the Internet having these stupid-ass debates over this nonsensical bullshit. And meanwhile, the white man's sitting back laughing his ass off. Look at these coons. They got a little knowledge. Look at them. They can't even get along with each other. So now we got, exactly. we got these coons dressed up as the black Hebrew Israelites who look like the mighty Morphin Power Rangers or the fucking Isley Brothers. I don't know what the hell they trying to image they trying to perpetrate. None of that shit is in the Torah. Any of that shit can't be explained or backed up when you confront them. And all they do is get mad when you come at them with anything intelligent. So that's why I don't even waste my time and energy debating with them fools and it, myself it, other We've, we've dealt with those clowns for 20 years or more. But anyway, go ahead, brother. What are you going to say? I was just saying one of the biggest things that I, I think is really sad within the so-called conscious and spiritual community is we spend, we spend more time, you know, trying to confirm how su- superior and supreme we are than actually doing the work. I think that's, that's very, um, you know, anti-productive. Correct. You know what I mean? If you spend all your time trying to confirm how supreme you are, oh, you know, it was black people in Asia too, you know, <laughs> black niggas in India, you know, uh, you know, the, the the original Native Americans were black. Um, yeah, well, you know, and, um, well, that's all based upon making your self-esteem and your inferiority complex uh, feel greater than what it really is subconsciously unconsciously, so you have to constantly bombard yourself with this method of we were this, we were here first, we were in India first, we were there first, and all you're doing is really creating a situation of a delusional mindset, because when you look at the world today, you don't see that. So who cares what it was back then? Yes, it's relevant so far that it makes you feel better when you're first at the beginning stages of your uh, conscious awakening process. However, However, 
my people, let's let's put this plainly as possible. Consciousness has nothing to do with what you think it does. All it means to be conscious is to be aware. Not aware um, of the media, not aware of the, the, the pain in the world, not aware <laughs> of the hurt. That shit is a conscious thing. You can do that, uh, be aware. To be really conscious, higher states of consciousness, is to be aware of self. Be aware of everything that deals with self and mastering self. Mastering your delusions, mastering your pain, mastering your trauma, your wounds, mastering your bad habits, mastering everything about self. That is what it means to really be aware. Anything outside of that is bullshit consciousness that is done in a mundane world, meaning your physical existence and what you see every day. A child is aware once it's born and starts to realize that this is uh, this is a, a you know, what do you call that shit? Um, this is a baby's milk from a bottle. This is my right. crib. This that's that's conscious. That's being aware. However, higher consciousness is beyond that state. It is self-awareness. That is completely different than I'm black. That's still physical awareness in a physical existence. What does it mean to be black beyond the physical existence? You know, oh, what, shit, you, know, you, know, you know, you know what it means, brother. I, I'm entitled to have this whole planet, nigga. That's what it that's means, right. brother. That's right. Because I'm first. I'm original, and that's why we dispel the myths. And and also, brother Ravana Noon. And two weeks ago, when we did the show, creating your own spiritual path, when we were talking about that's the def. You just gave basically the definition of what real spiritual black magic is: mastering the self. And not no spook. Get that Hollywood shit out of your head. It ain't no fucking uh, sacrificing goats and blood and all that shit. Because when people hear of those ancient magical systems and those what we call those primitive cultures earlier, that's the garbage they got locked in the head. You know where that comes from? The very same enemy you claim to be overcoming. That's white man's way of thinking and white man's ideology. How the fuck is, the, is he going to teach you about something he has no knowledge or experience in? So I hear people look when they at, say, well, look at, when, when, I'm sorry, when he talked about earlier, when you mentioned the Congo, Congo spirit, Palo, Palo Mayembe, and, 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 and all the cultural systems connected to that. When people hear about that, first, the first thing that comes to mind is voodoo aspects of magic. They think it's just all about animal sacrifice and blood and, 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 and what they've already termed and identified in their subconscious mind uh, as being negative because they have no knowledge. And the number one disease that's killing people on our planet today is called ignorance. And we have a lot of people that suffer from this disease called ignorance because people feel what they do not know about. And most people will talk shit as if they have experience in it. Just like most people will talk shit and say Egypt this and that first, Egypt was it. And half of these niggas ain't never stepped foot in Egypt. That's the problem I got. You talking as if back in the day, Negro, was you there? So you're saying it based on what you read in the book or somebody told you. And like, and like Brother Ravana Noon said, that was for those times back then. We'd done the Egypt thing. We need to bring, and Dr. Bynum talked about this two shows prior, that we need to take that information, that culture, that way of life from back then 
and update it for 2016. Right, and that Just means that doesn't mean walking around with Namus or Namaz on. That doesn't mean walking around with some goddamn looking like a Christmas tree and shit. Yeah, walking around with a fucking apron <laughs> and a collar. That doesn't mean walking around with a crook and a flail. That doesn't mean walking around in the middle of New York City with a Hansu braid and the rest of your home. on your head, yeah. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> bringing it up to date into the day and time you live in. I'll give people an example before we close out this show. Years ago, when I got back into uh, my family cultural system and I went to a priest, right, he was a Apollo priest, and he told me I didn't really need to be initiated in Apollo, much less Santeria, and he said, the reason why is because I walk with many Congo spirits. Now, here's the problem. You are told something like that. How do you fucking work with that shit? You see, you understand, I could be, you could be told anything to make you feel great and wonderful. Or, Ooh, maybe I should do this, check this out, right? But stop and think for a second. Whenever somebody tells you like that in a reading, spiritual connotation, or whatever the fuck they're trying to feed you, what and how can I really work with that shit? You understand what I'm saying? Because if they're not giving you a system, a method other than, well, you have to become you know, initiated under me. It's always under them, right? Of course, brother. Then, you know, I can't teach you any further. Here's another thing. Oh, well, I can't teach you that unless, you know, you join my university or whatever the fuck it is. I don't care what people, they always have some way, some way, somehow to get you to join their hustle. That's fine. That's your hustle. I respect that. However, however, that person probably knows no more or no less than you do. The only thing right. is that you believe that they know more than you, so you make yourself subservient to them. That's right. That's how it works. The minute I tell you something and I accept it, I open up my whole psychic process to accept what you are saying. So That's now right. you automatically become my master because I opened myself up to you to receive the thoughts and impressions that you're feeding me. So thus, anything you say after that, I'm so wide open that I'm like a kid at a candy store. I'm berserk with what you're saying because I want to believe it's true. This is why I post all the time, and people always find some way, somehow, to get offended by this post. And I tell them all the time, this post is from a book, and if you do your studies, you will find that. It's called the 11 Wizards' Rules. Rule number one, people are stupid, right? And then it says people are stupid because they want to believe anything. Right. Anything that you tell them by the mere fact that they want to accept that what you're telling them is true, even if they have no verification, facts, or information to back up what they're saying, but they want to believe it so much that they bypass that just to make it true, even if it isn't true, okay? People will accept anything you tell them because they're seeking to feel important, feel loved, feel wanted, feel exceptional. And because of that, what happens, you know, is that we end up in a state of straight delusion. So the problem is, if I tell you, well, you walk with these spirits, or you're this or that, I'm opening myself up to you. So now, 
anybody can feed you anything. And this is the problem in the community today. Because ignorance is supreme, as Benini stated, you will believe anybody, anything anybody tells you because you want to feel important, because you want it to be true, and never get your lazy ass up off the couch, lazy ass off, off of Facebook or anywhere else to get the experience and the verification for yourself. So as long as we continue this delusional process, continuously repeating this process, we're never going anywhere. Yes, I took it upon myself to find out well, what the fuck does he mean I walk with these kind of spirits. I did that shit myself, and I took it upon myself to take years of investigation to find out. But those kind of people are few and far between where they really check things out. If you really observe the conscious community, you will see it for yourself. They believe anything people tell them. Oh, I, you said, here's, here's something bro. that people will say, oh, well, the word nigga really comes from naga and it comes from niggas. Nigga, are you a, first of all, first of all, are you a linguist? Hell no, that, that, these are ghetto-ass ghetto niggas from the hood. Yeah. That probably didn't even graduate high school, nigga. Yeah, so now, I want to I justify the usage of the word nigga. Right? I want to justify it so bad that I will make a connection that linguistically, as a linguist, a, a linguist who went to college, educated, ethno-linguist, who can prove, verify that to be true, uh, probably not. So, you know, the fact is, we'll accept that. Because why? Uh, the hurt and the sting of the word nigga has bruised me so bad that I have to try to flip it. Yeah, you have a right to do that because that's your God-given Ability, so to speak, not some spooky guy, niggas. I'm talking about you, God, right? That's your oh, not a law. <laughs> yeah, that's your ability to flip negativity to something productive for you. That's that's what you, that's what we do as a people. However, what I'm saying is, don't just throw shit out there and think that that people are just going to sit back and accept that shit to be true. Case in point: me and brother Beniti and brother Asar, we walk with. Nuwapian bullshit for years And they would throw things out there like Well Nuwapian is the ancient Egyptian mystery language Now notice Notice <laughs> Notice the, the verbiage Notice the verbiage here Ancient Egyptian mystery. Now here mystery. it comes Mystery language <laughs> If it's a mystery That means it may be unknown By the masses Notice Now you're covering the your tracks and the verbiage in itself will make me not have to prove that it's really what I state to be. So I accept that because, well, I want it to be true. Because I want. And you to have... validate it, and you validate it by saying ancient or first or original. Notice the trick in that. Yeah, you always because... say ancient, first or original. But then in research, this we say, well, give me a script that I can make reference to. I've heard these cones say, oh, well, if you go back to Napta Playa, wait, oh, now you just trap yourself. Now you connected yourself to Ethiopia. Well, show me a script in the Napta Playa region of Ethiopia that can connect to that statement. And you're going to find out it can't be done. So yeah. people will just moose, like you just said, Ravonna, and they'll throw mystery, ancient, because what that does is psychologically stamp an impression on your subconscious mind. Exactly. And, and it's that's all a bunch why of when I post that, people are stupid 
uh, rule number one for wizards, they get offended. It's always somebody who say, oh, well, how can you say people are stupid? That means that, you know, they always get offended. And I'm like, by the simple fact that you responded to this post, verify that you're stupid. There you okay? go. Because not, not, not only not only that, brother. I mean, uh, that's one of the things I can say that's a pet peeve is these these all these bitchy pussy ass crybaby niggas, man. Well, oh, you're too vulgar, or or nah, you're 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 you you know you're um you're talking well, let's, negative. Let's, let's, Get right, your pussy ass way. out of those, here, man. Let's take it this way: those people are what you would consider light fighters. Lightsiders are your peace, love, turn the other cheek, abuse me, hit me, take advantage of me, and let me complain or call on God to save me from your treacherous ass. That's lightsiders, okay? That's how they operate. And unfortunately, most people that are so-called conscious really are lightside niggas. That's why everything they do is peace, love, and light. I seek the light of love. I seek love. Look, nigga, goddamn, if you seek love all day, you got a serious fucking problem, though, because... If you ain't found love by now, uh, you're looking in the wrong places. Remember that country-ass fucking song, right? Looking for love in all the wrong places, right? Yeah. Did y'all realize yeah, you... that the reason why that nigga said that shit is because he was saying you're looking for love all outside of you when the love you're looking for is inside of you. That's where it starts. That's it. That's it. Well, you said something earlier, Robin, and I just want to back up real quick. and uh, We need to get out of here. I know we're we extending this. Um, you mentioned, like you said, when you found, when you were told about working, you know, with those Congo spirits, those African spirits, you made a key statement. And I hope nobody missed that. You took the initiative to do the investigation yourself. Now, let's, let's, let's real quick. Here's the problem. At what point, I want, I want people to think about this statement. I want you to marinate on this, meditate on it, whatever. At what point does the student stop being the student and become the master? I want you all to think about that for a minute. For all you people that are stuck in these organizations, whether it's the Hebrew Israelites, whether it's the Wapians, the Nation of Islam, the Moors, at what point? Because you're always up under somebody. But then you want to turn it. Flip the phone, lady. Flip the phone. Instead of saying looking for love, say looking for masters in all the wrong places. (laughs) Yeah, but but here's, here's the point. You're up under all these gurus and teachers all the time. But then on the flip side, you want to throw out verbiage like the black man is God. The black man is God. But let me, let me we can tell you this, and, and the brothers all will agree with this statement. All these organizations claiming they got some great secret, well, let me shed a little light on you. Let me tell you what the great secret is. The great secret is there is no fucking secret. It's creating the <laughs> illusion that there's some great secret. They, like, like Brother Ravana Noon said a few minutes ago, they know no more and no less than you know, but they have to keep perpetrating the fraud like they know some great mystical secret or teaching that you're only going to get if you join their organization. See, when you fall that's, for that's, that that's, shit. That's, that's, how they keep, that's how they keep these they niggas keep under their spell. But yeah, that's how they keep you followers. Say, they keep their money exactly. flowing. Exactly, but then you want to say the black man is God, the black woman's a goddess. But, nigga, you can't even pay your mortgage every month. You can't exactly. even afford to buy a goddamn car 
or put some goddamn That's food physical, on your table. Brother, says physical, so you're still stuck in the physical, brother. Hey, hey, hey. I bring that up because some fool hit me up with that one day. Right? Man. He literally hit me up with that one day. And I said, yeah, that's because you're a light fighter. So see, light fighters see everything as spiritual, and they see everything as spooky and spacey and everything that has to deal with not being here because that's the way you run away from your broke ass and your broke problem. Thank you. And it so, justifies being broke and unsuccessful. There you go. That's me. the point. When, it justifies when we speak that shit. People, I don't I don't. Bandini, Bandini, Asara, any of us speak of this, we're speaking from experience. Just to share a quick moment of experience. When we mean experience, we were Ansars. We were Nawapians for years, and we were in there broke-ass niggas. We were in there begging people for money because we lived in a community, and we thought that we had to sacrifice everything, everything. While we eating beans and rice, you know, the teacher eating shrimp and steaks and shit. Man, yeah. see that's that's the psychological mind fuck right there. And guess when guess when things start to take off? When you come to the realization of self. Not anybody outside of yourself, not worshiping anything out look, there is no fucking Allah, there is no Jesus, there is no Muhammad, there's no motherfucking aliens coming back for your ass. There's no spaceships or fucking shams coming for you. Uh, there's no mother plane. Farrakhan is not the savior. He's not going to take you to paradise. Dr. York can't do it. Yahweh Ben Yahweh's long gone and dead. The only person that's real, the only deity, the only God that's living, true, breathing, and is a reality, go look in the motherfucking mirror. That is your only soul salvation. Yep. And if you go outside of yourself on any shape, form, or fashion, and that's why we are heavy on the hermetic principles. All is mental, mental is all. The biggest, the worst atrocity you can do to yourself is looking for the creator, looking for the answers to life's questions outside yourself. When you're looking for pie in the sky, it creates a loser, broke-ass mentality. And like Brother Ravana Moon said, or Sargi said, most of these Negroes are bums. Most of them. I'm not saying all of them. Most of them are bums. They're unsuccessful. Now, we're not claiming to be billionaires, but I'll tell you what, nigga, I'm not hungry. I'm not starving. And when I need to manifest something, I can manifest that shit. And that becomes, that, that, that's real ma'at or balance, man. What's, what's, that's what's being the first, able to deal with it. What's, what's the first principle in spiritual consciousness is survival, the root chakra. If you can't, if you can't, if you can't, yeah, if you can't operate on that level, like nigga, you gone. I mean, damn. I mean, well, let me let me say this before we <laughs> wrap it up because I know we're gonna wrap it up. I know brother Beniti, he's got to get up early, so we ain't we ain't gonna keep the brother up too late. But <laughs> let me share the there's 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 it's not a law. People will call it a law, but there's a, a state of allowance. People forget mm. it's allowed. Right. We forget that you, I, all of us have to really learn this. Allowing is allowing yourself to understand that everybody experiences things differently Different. than everybody That's else. Right. And we right. are no one to judge anybody for that. We may poke fun at them. We may uh, point the finger at them because we damn pointed at it for ourselves for years. Everything we poke in front at is because we lived this for over 30-something years, 
And y'all don't understand. That's more than half of our lives Some for some of us. We done pointed the finger at us so much that we can laugh at it now. It was bitter at first, but we can laugh right. at it now because right. we understand it. We understand the mentality. Oh, yeah, we, we, know, we know what it's like to be broke-ass niggas all yeah, the time. We, we know we what that shit's like. I understand what it's like to eat cornflakes with water. See, a lot, some, <laughs> some of y'all niggas may not understand that, but I understand that. I understand what it's like to eat your your breakfast on the floor because your family can't afford a goddamn table, and your table is a fucking floor, and you got a big-ass bowl there, and you might see a little cockroach swing on by, and you running for your little life at that age. See, some people don't understand that shit. Yo, New York cockroach on top of that. Yeah. Cockroach the size of a rat in New York City, and a rat's bigger than a cat. So anyway, so some people don't understand this reality. We understand it. We also understand what it's like to seek a savior outside of ourselves and then run through that muck and mire of life to only pull ourselves out of there and blossom like a lotus coming from the mud to understand that I was always the lotus. There was nobody who could raise that lotus but me. But me, that's right. And that's, that's, that's the right. point that people have to understand. If you don't like because a woman is twerking and showing her ass there, that's your fucking business. But that shit does not make her any less spiritual than that's you. Right. Or you're yeah, not more that. spiritual than her. I watch that shit all day. I watch that exactly. shit all day. I love day. it. If I could have With no shame. With no shame in my game. No shame. Exactly. Uh, see, that's the I, other I thing we got to wait. I my house all day and night if I could. Now, anyways. So, but, just, but the other brother, brother on the, on the, on the twerking <laughs> thing. So real quick, let's not leave that. Real quick, that's the other thing we got to stop equating with spirituality. This tabooness, as if we have to be this, create this false persona of goody two shoes. Like everybody, everybody has this definition of what being spiritual is. Yeah, you got to have natural and, hair, and you got to yeah. do. This. Look, motherfucker, fuck man, that. Man, listen, man, listen. Listen, I don't listen. give a fuck about none of that bullshit. You know what I mean? We talked today, if you remember our conversation earlier this morning, and it's something you also said about what, what is truth? What is truth? Now, truth, like you just said a minute ago, and like we discussed earlier today, truth is going to be based differently from person to person based on their level of experience, where they are in their spiritual evolution, how much knowledge they've acquired, it's going to determine how they perceive that truth. Real truth is when somebody raises themselves up to the reality of that truth. That's when it becomes truth for self. So we might have said a lot of things tonight. Dr. Bynum might have talked about a lot of things tonight. That may not be somebody's truth yet, and that may have. The problem that we're attacking right here, even though we're having fun with it, this is just what we do, so don't get offended. Honestly, I really couldn't give a fuck if you did or you didn't, but I just – don't get offended. It's just we're having fun with it. The point being is, is this. It becomes a problem when people think they have the soul lock on the truth. And then they get upset when we talk about certain things that don't line up with their personal ideologies. That's where the problem comes in. When you Niggas get studying, real upset. Right. What we're saying is, is this. We're not agreeing or disagreeing with you because it's a matter of perception. What, we, what the problem is, is when people get upset with other people because they don't accept what they're accepting as truth. Because just as quick as what you think is truth, I can rip into that shit and dissect it and destroy it and tear it apart. Now, what does it become? Is it still not truth? 
not to me, but to you it is. So you need to understand that. And when we did the chakra show, we talked about an eye aspect of being grounded in your sacral chakra where you need to establish your relationship with others and what is that relationship with others when dealing with what truth is. This is where the problem comes in. This is where we got separation amongst each other, different groups, different organizations, and we say silly-ass shit like, the only way you're going to make it to the ships or the shams or the mother clan, <laughs> you need to join this organization. Man, please. That's where the problem is. I got I, I to gotta add this in here. You know, and I really have to say this, is like we have to stop letting these so-called spiritual niggas sell you a spiritual dream. Understand, nigga, it's okay to live life on earth. It's okay. That's the point oh. I'm saying. And because oh, wait, do so, that, you have so, to allow people to exist. I love... So I can enjoy food. I can enjoy a good meal and, and some big booty strippers, and I'm not going to go to hell? Yeah. Hell yeah, exactly. you can enjoy that. You can eat a steak. Way. You can eat a piece of pork chop if you want to. Oh, shit. Look, God, I, can, shit. I can meditate. I can chant. And after that, I may want to watch some football. That's right. Because I'm watching football doesn't make me any evil, any greater than anybody else. I mean, I as long as you're watching dynamic. it with a dashiki on, man, you're good. Yeah. You're watching it with a dashiki on, you're good. Yeah, that's right, brother. That makes me, <laughs> makes me a pro like football player. But anyways, but I can watch it. I understand the dynamics. I understand the matrix behind it. I understand all that bullshit. But guess what? <laughs> For my human experience... That's the shit I like to do, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to be all in it because through that, I experience life and I grow from it, okay? That yeah. is what you're here to do. Observe. Observe yourself creating the process, living the process, and experimenting with the process, and that is leading to growth. Observation, right. experience leads to growth. That's what you do for your higher self in this incarnation, you're gaining the experiences. So I can share with all people, regardless what level you're at, experience life. Do not be afraid to experience life. As a matter of fact, Baniti, Asar, and, all, and I have all said this on the show. The things that they tell you not to experience, most of the time, is the shit you That's should be shit. experiencing. That's right. That's right. So right. when people tell you, oh, don't join this organization, you best believe, nigga, you should join that shit. Because they're telling you that shit because they're trying to keep you from learning something because you will then bypass the person who doesn't want you to join that, and you will no longer right. need them. The That's person right. who's telling you, oh, don't experience that, is selfish because they want you to want or, or for you to want them or to rely on them for everything. This goes for right. relationships. This goes for and this goes for spiritual knowledge. This goes for anything. The things they tell you not to experience is usually the things you should experience because there's no other way for you to grow other than going through the experience. So yeah, it's 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 okay. It's okay to work towards having a big ass mansion, but that's what the fuck you want. You know what I mean? What don't let don't don't let your higher self calls for, and your experience is calling for that. That's what you should do and be all in in that shit. What I mean by that is if you're, that's what you're here, for your higher self to experience this physicality of life, if the experience is calling for 
like Brother Asar just said, being a billionaire, mansion living, you know, high uh, a yacht and all that shit, guess what? That's what you're here for. That w- That might be all you need for your completion of this experience. And the longer you put that shit off, the longer you delay your experience so that you can fulfill what it is you need to do. So exactly, if you if you if you need to fucking um, do a swinger lifestyle to get get your kundalini up, nigga, do it. You, know what what you gotta do. It's up to you, but keep that shit private, nigga. And to all and this other shit that I see going on on the internet and, and like I said, all you suckers, straight suckers, don't feel sorry for you. Any nigga, I, I got I got to address this this whole. I see all these people on the internet now crying about how brother polite has ripped them off with this naturalization shit, making them natural. Oh yeah, that that, and, that and stuff it, is some straight bullshit. But go ahead. No, no, but but here's, here's the funny thing. Now as niggas live in Hollywood. How do you think the Negro got all that money? Any Negro that tells you, give me $500, and I can do this and that for you. I can teach you how to buy a house with no money. Bullshit. I can teach you paperwork and naturalize. Now I'm laughing my ass off because you got all these Negroes on the internet crying wolf. Hey, I ain't hating on Brother Polite. You motherfuckers are stupid as hell. Yep. Turning over $500. So I don't feel sorry for anything. I'm getting emails. What do you think? I don't give a fuck. I don't think. Let's I don't think anything. Where's yeah. rule number one? People are stupid. That's right. And I, I also, also, you know, when you're getting into that whole doctrine, people got a lot of shit mixed up. I'll give you an example. There's a difference between a private citizen and a sovereign citizen. Oh, you shit. Need to, you, need, you know, it, it, people need to know the difference between all that shit. People mix it up. They're yeah, selling you doctrines. You oh, have a government who will change things up every five, ten years because they know when people catch up to a certain point, hey, they got something new to flip on your ass. That's, That's right. the problem. You, That's right. you know, you know, and you know the truth about it is, it's those sovereign citizen, citizen motherfuckers that's fucking it up for everybody. No, to be honest, it's all that it's bullshit dumb, fucking up. It's those extreme it people. Sovereign, it ain't sovereign, it ain't private, it ain't none of that shit. It's that fact that if you think you found an outlet out of the system, the motherfuckers got something for you every time you try to get out. That's the problem. The problem is people always attacking the system, whether it's trying to get out of it, it's trying to do this. You have to understand something. So you're here to experience this shit, whether you like it or not. You're in this motherfucking system. The point is, how do you f- utilize the system for your advantage? Meaning... Do you use Facebook to just fucking talk to Cry. every email that comes across the planet? Or do you use Facebook, drop a little knowledge, and go about your business? Exactly. This is what, I tell, it, it, I, that's what people don't hey, understand because they're all hey, trying to get out the shit. I just tell these motherfuckers, move back to Africa. Then you can hear crickets. <laughs> See, everybody sit, here, everybody sit here and complains about the system in America. And there's a lot of fucked up things about it. Don't get me wrong. I don't even want to waste my time on that right now. But the point being is, if it's, if it's about go back to Africa and naturalizing yourself, why are you wasting your time and energy since staying stuck in America, trying to beat a system you will never be able to beat? It's not going to happen. You can try to find every bullshit loophole you think you found and get laughed out of court on a regular basis because none of that shit works. I don't give a fuck. I've never seen it work. Not saying it didn't, but I've never seen it work. 
and 99.9% of the time it don't work, and then there's usually problems that follow you after it. So if that's the case, and it's all about natural, get a motherfucking ticket right now, pick somewhere in Africa, and now you're back in Africa. Yeah, you ain't got to worry about problem. that shit. Here's the problem, though, if they go back to Africa. Nowhere in Africa is different in system-wise from here. Matter of fact, some of the that's, that's my, political that's my whole systems point. are worse than that's my you're whole not, fucking you're point. You're not going back and be welcome with open arms. They're going to be of thinking, course, why out when you get off the plane? Brother, gonna just put on you. a dashiki, man. It's some oil and a big-ass yeah, fucking No, actually, right. actually, actually, if you really want to welcome yourself back to Africa, just you know, get off the plane, take off all your clothes, run in the grass fields butt-naked. There you go, there you go, there you go. Keep running, keep running until you get out of the city. Keep running until you get into the countryside. And keep running until that lion chases your ass. Then you know you're really back in Africa. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> the point is, that over there, too, in Africa, they also have the same political systems that exist here. So you think that you go there and you're going to be welcome with, you know, open arms. You're illusioned, disillusioned. You're not really seeing the picture. Where can you go that has not been infected by this political system or systems around the world? There's one left standing that they're bringing down little by little. Cuba is the last place standing. They're going now, yeah. too, because they're about to sell that bitch out, too. Oh, yeah. And next thing you know, everybody going to Cuba. Shit, I'm going to Cuba to get some Cuba. Anyway, that's another story. So, and to all you, all you... All you people that thought your problems was over when you got a black president, what you going to do now when they throw another white man right back in there by the end of the year? What y'all going to do now? Not only that, this nigga Obama fucked the system up just as bad as any other president. Yeah, well, man, Obama, Obama for your mama, man. I remember when Obama won. I, I'll never forget that shit. I was in New York, and these, these damn coons were out hitting pots singing Obama for your mama. What kind of cool shit is that? What kind of, you know, to show you people don't know how to goddamn act. And I'm sitting there, see, when I'm out and about, I observe. And I, when I'm observing, I garnish and I take in the experience, man. And I study the experience. And at that very moment, it hit me and I said, you know what, these motherfuckers absolutely have no idea what's getting ready to happen. And I'm watching them dancing around. You would have thought fucking slavery had just ended. That's the way these motherfuckers were celebrating. And I'm like, man, I'm like, man, they just turned eight years of damage over to this motherfucker. And you guys, that was basically to appease us from having a civil unrest. That's all that shit was. Yeah. Now that eight years of that shit is over, now they're about to do the switcheroo again. Now I want to hear not, all this bullshit. Look, look, at, look at it. Look at it. Healthcare is high as a motherfucker since he's been in office. You would have yeah. you, you thought you would have thought it would have gone down, you know. Hey, this gonna, this, 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 this gonna get a lot of people mad. This gonna get a lot of motherfuckers mad. But you know what? I don't care. Say what you want. I don't agree with everything this motherfucker says, but I gotta agree with some of the shit Donald Trump says. Hey, as outlandish as his ass is, I mean, he says some stupid shit. But one thing he says is shit straight to the point. When he's talking about immigration. I think some people are taking that out of whack. It's just maybe he's not conveying it the best way. But let's not just talk about Mexicans. Let's talk about all the Arab terrorists that are in this country already. Fuck, fuck terrorists coming from outside the country. You motherfuckers better worry about the ones that have been here for years. And if you don't think they're going to start getting on buses like they do 
in the Middle East, what's to stop any of them from getting on a bus, on a backpack, a city bus, and just blowing the motherfucking cells up? What you ever think guess, about that? What and, you gonna... and, guess, and guess who? Guess who? Guess who's bringing in? You know uh, the home terrorist shit. You know it's it's these sovereign citizen fucks, people like that, and 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 it's homegrown terrorists. So my question is, when you really think about what he's saying, is it really that bizarre? Then you got all these liberal motherfuckers. Oh, that's not the American way. That's not what this country's built on. Well, we're living we're living in different days and times. You gotta you gotta set your foot down. If you don't protect your land, you don't protect your borders to some extent. This is the bullshit you open yourself up to. So there definitely needs to be some regulation in that area. People act like, oh, that's that's a fucked up thing to say. Hey, you know what? It wouldn't be so fucked up when something happens and directs you and it affects you directly. Then I guarantee you, you start singing a different motherfucking tune. You talk all that liberal shit now, but talk to those people that have experienced terrorist attacks, that have been part of them, that have gotten injured and still survived or watched other people get killed. Then let me see how you feel about immigration and letting people into countries, not just here. I'm not just talking about America. I'm talking about the right for all countries to protect their borders because you're dealing with people that not only do they not value the life of others, but they don't even give a fuck about their own life. So you got to deal with that mentality to on a certain level. You can't be nice and liberal with motherfuckers like that. If I'm dealing with an enemy that feels like, hey, I'll take my own fucking life at all costs to do what I need to do to get my agenda out there, I got to deal with that motherfucker with no mercy, period. Exactly. They ain't no, they ain't no negotiating with a motherfucker like that, period. So Chop people that motherfucker really need to, down limb by that's limb. It. That's it. And they, people really need to rethink the shit that they're saying they're doing. But anyway, brothers, let's, let's, uh, it's midnight. We're going to go ahead and uh, real quick before you guys, we give our closing information again, want to make the announcement I made in the beginning of the show and earlier. Next week's show will start at 8 o'clock. Eastern Standard Time. Just want to make sure we're clear on this. Spread the word. 8 o'clock Eastern Time. It would be 7 o'clock Central Time. 5 o'clock if you're on the West Coast. Uh, we're going to have Dr. Phil Valentine with us next week. Uh, when he comes on, we start a little bit earlier because he needs to be done uh, a little bit earlier. Uh, so I'm saying that because the last time we had him on, some people tuned in late and he was already gone by the time they tuned in. Some people got tuned into the show like 10, 15, 10, 30 and he'll more than likely be gone by 10 o'clock. So if you, got some, if you want to hear the show and you got some questions for Dr. Phil Valentine, uh, make sure you come in 8 o'clock, be ready. Um, so it'll be 8 to 10 o'clock. Um, we'll post it, Brother Ravana Noon, we'll post it on the Awakening Universal Minds page. I'll make sure that uh, post gets out there uh, uh, probably by tomorrow. We'll make sure we have it up early so people can see it and prepare themselves. So just if you do listen to the show regularly, and you tune in on a weekly basis, uh, make sure you're here next week at 8 o'clock instead of 9 o'clock. That will just be for next week. Then the following week, uh, we'll go back uh, to the 9 o'clock start time. It'll just be for one week. Um, so, again, Dr. Phil Valentine will be here next week. Uh, if you brothers want to go ahead and give your closing, and we'll go ahead and get out of here. Yeah, um, this is Ravonna Noon. You can reach me on Facebook, Ravonna Noon, R-A-V-A-N-A-N-U-N, on Facebook. Uh, you can also find me on YouTube, Ravana Noon, by the same name. Uh, I have some videos up there. You can also uh, find me, uh, <clears throat> if you want to email, Ravana Noon at Outlook.com. Uh, peace. All right. Brother Saw, go ahead, brother.
This brother Sargidi. You can contact me on my <clears throat> by my email Sargidi A S R S A S A R G A T D E at Yahoo dot com or you can contact me at Sargidi on Facebook. You can um, also click on our page Awakening Universal Minds to um, contact us. Or about you know about any any questions you have or anything so uh, and the twerk videos in oh yeah and the twerk videos and if you and if you want to post your own personal twerk video on our page you can do that too send us the link that's right that's right send us the link there ain't no hating here do what you got to do do you uh, again, Brother Benita, you can contact me at <laughs> khnum19gmail.com. Again, it's khnum19 at gmail.com. You can also go to my YouTube page. It's Mother Nubia, Inc. Um, also on the Mother Nubia, Inc. Google Plus page, we have all the shows from Awakening Universal Minds archived there, um, plus there's 60 different videos up uh, on various topics that we talk about here. I kind of connect uh, that page to what we do here in the show. It's pretty much all connected. All of our pages are kind of, uh, you know, our individual pages, but we kind of connect it to everything that we do collectively. Um, so definitely check out the Mother Nubia Inc. YouTube page. Uh, you could also, again, go to the Awakening Universal Minds uh, Facebook page, uh, post your comments. Uh, you got uh, a show maybe you'd like to see a topic that you want us to do. I mean, we've, we've covered a bunch. Uh, we've done chakras, life after death. Uh, reincarnation. We we've done every Black history topic you can think about. Um, you know, met, any metaphysical alchemy. We've done shows on Satanism and black magic, witchcraft. Uh, you name it, we 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 talk about it because uh, it, it it's connected to everything that we do. So if there's a topic, is nothing's too bizarre. We did a show last week and previous shows, tantric sex magic, which was a great show. Um, so if you got a suggestion or a comment or a show or a topic you'd like us to do, uh, there's pretty much nothing we don't dabble in. So we, we, I'm sure we'd be well-versed in it. Uh, just hit us up on the Awakening Universal Minds Facebook page. And again, as usual, don't send me no goddamn pictures of you meditating on rocks. I don't care to see that shit. Uh, people <laughs> send me the most ridiculous shit, and I just delete it. Uh, it's great that you're spiritual and you're doing your spiritual thing, but it's personal. I don't need to see that shit. All right, so keep that shit to yourself. Uh, brother, uh, Sar and Ravana, they've gotten pictures. I think you, you showed me some pictures, some dude sitting on top of a fucking mountain or some shit meditating. <laughs> uh, whatever. Uh, like I say, that's personal. Uh, don't send me no pictures of your photocropping flames coming out your hands, you know, and, and, and like putting an aura around your head. It doesn't impress me. I don't give a shit. It's irrelevant. Uh, that shit is personal. But if you got some big booty strip of uh, videos or some twerking videos, send them, man. I'll, I'll look at that shit all day. No, I got no, <laughs> no doubt on my that. My nigga, um, my nigga. <laughs> but anyway, other than that, we appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, definitely, again, shout out and thanks again, Dr. Edward Bruce Bynum. Uh, love that brother. He's a good brother. Uh, Well-educated man. He brings a different energy and flavor to the show. More A more refined, laid-back, um, but... Uh, definitely check humble, his book out. Humble, humble, humble. Humble brother, too. Very humble brother. He brings that balancement to the show when he comes on. And if you haven't read his works, especially Dark Light Consciousness, it's a very well-together-put book. A lot of information and knowledge. And if somebody is looking for a, a, a good 
foundation for spirituality and how to put it into practice. That's definitely one of the many books I would recommend. Uh, so definitely check them out. So yeah, shout out to Dr. Bynum for coming on the show. Appreciate everybody for tuning in, and we will see you again. Remember, next week, 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, and we'll be kicking off the show with Dr. Phil Valentine. Peace, everybody. We'll see you next week. Peace. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.